Sherry. Hi. You know, good motherfucker. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. And you're lucky I didn't break your back and have to come save you. Shinky, baby. Break his back. Make your whole body humble. Besides that, everything was great, great. Welcome to the main stage of Ruthless Aggression, ProWrestling.Cool's podcast covering drag race and the wide world of drag beyond RuPaul's purview. Heck of a show for y'all tonight, and let us not waste any more time. I'm John Garrity Maxwell, joined by Oscar Bernard. What's up? Part where you say some kind of funny quip because we're we're on the main stage and you gotta you gotta sass me like the self massage. Oh, I, I, you know. I love to have a, um, I love hoe wrestling. <laughs> See, it's just like the show. Yeah, this also sucked. You know? <laughs> Except on the show, they probably got to do multiple takes of that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, if anything, that just makes it, makes us even better because, like, we were able to get it in one. Hell yeah! I you got, love. You, I you love got your burn. I got the one. laugh perfectly. Oh, all right, all right. We're getting right on into it then, y'all. This is this is a RuPaul podcast. I don't know. I uh, look. You know, it's if you listen to Heel Alternative, you know that you and I are, I'd say, hardcore drag race fans. Yeah, no, we're we have watched a lot of fucking drag race and we have very many opinions on drag race and a lot like hey, a lot like our love of professional wrestling here. We've watched so much drag race that we now fucking despise drag race because we see all the bullshit that they always do and all the bad tricks that they have that they never learn from and all the horrible emotional manipulation and fucking terrible shit that they get away with just because they can. But we can't stop because we inherently love it. And we yeah. inherently love the people that are featured on it and want to see them succeed and do well. Although, you know, to Drag Race's credit, unlike unlike uh, WWE, when someone gets accused of sexual assault, they don't put them in a world title match. It's true. I mean, I guess they do put them in a world title match and then, you know, write them out of the world title match. But I guess... Oh look, Oscar. Let's just let's just ask the important question here. How different would things have been if Sherry Pie asked, "What school do you go to?" Um, I mean, I genuinely think they might have done a better job of editing her out. <laughs> <sighs> I did hear some speculation. That the one episode, because they the they only didn't show Sherry Pie's runway for one episode. Yeah, what was that and about? I saw some people point out that it's like you know this was the episode sponsored by Disney's Frozen, and I bet you Disney stepped in and said, "Hey, no, hmm. don't feature her promoting a Disney brand." Hmm, that's actually something I didn't even think about. That that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I still don't understand why they sang the musical version of Frozen and not just the movie version. Go see Frozen on Broadway. I can't! There is no Broadway! <laughs> well, you know, they weren't anticipating there being no Broadway. It's true. It's... 
I mean, look, we weren't anticipating a lot of things about this year. It's true. Maybe should have expected a lot of things about this year. But I don't think that we were anticipating them. I don't think we were anticipating that simultaneously they could have the mo- arguably the most talented cast of queens they've ever had and also produce a borderline unwatchable show for the first half of the season. Once again, are we talking about Drag Race or are we talking about WWE? Damn. Season 12 of Drag Race is 205 Live. Wow. I mean, I'm not sure I'd go that far. I was thinking more season 12 was like Raw. You got your AJ Styles, you got your Seth Rollins, you got your Drew McIntyre, you got all these people that are real good. And then it's all about Mama Vince. Yeah, all right. Also, hey, you hear the rumor of who's going to Raw? The Revival. Sashay away. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Who's going to Raw? Dominic Dijakovic. Sure, feast your eyes. Remember when he was all white supremacist for a second? And then they had to be like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, we're sorry. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Oh, we didn't mean that. Oh, Christ. I can't wait for Raw to do Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic every... (laughs) Come on, man. It's going to be... Keith Lee is going to SmackDown so that they can have the build-up to the Survivor Series match. Once in a lifetime, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. <laughs> All right. The one night a year where the brands fight. To to further this Drag Race is Raw analogy, does that mean Sami Zayn is Gia Gun? Yes. Absolutely yes. Cool. Sami Zayn... Got all of the parts of him calling out the WWE for being shitty and fucked up out of this, out of the scenes, and then was made to look like a dumbass motherfucker and then gotten rid of. Oh. Cheating gun, you deserved better. Now I'm sad about both of these situations again. Yeah. As you should be. For those that don't know what we're referencing here, uh, if you remember, Gia Gunn was in uh, All Stars 4, and she got kind of made to look like an asshole, right? She kind of made to look like she just was better than everybody, and really snide and shitty, and always talking down to people. Kind of made her seem like she was the season's heel, right? And you made it feel good when she was gotten rid of, right? Yeah, about that, uh, I heard from some sources that I know that, like, you know, are kind of in tune to things that happened, uh, in the filming of that season, is that, yeah, apparently, uh, Gia Gunn was also very critical of Mamaru to her face about her, you know, previous statements on trans women not being on Drag Race because drag is quote-unquote for men, and Gia Gunn, as a trans woman who felt very, uh, let's say, tokenized by being brought on to All-Stars 4 just to basically say, no, look, Ru's, Ru's cool, trans people, see? See? You can't be mad at us. Ru's cool, trans people. Uh, Gia Gunn kind of had some words and some feelings about that, and weird, none of that made the, any of the episodes. RuPaul's real cool. Yeah, RuPaul's. Yeah, fucking... Fuck RuPaul. Yeah, fuck RuPaul and fuck fracking. These are related. (laughs) So, what'd you think of season 12? 
This, I feel like, yeah, this is as good a place to start as any uh, in our talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. And since we've already gotten it out of the way here, how, yes, this is completely relevant to wrestling and we should be talking about it on a wrestling website. In fact, this is the most wrestling thing that's been happening. It's got costumes. It's got pageantry. It's got people doing ridiculous stunts. It's got people taking bumps. What do you think a death drop is? It's just a fancy word for a bump. Oh, damn, it is. Think about it. Yeah. Shit. It's got cutthroat competition. It's got baby faces and heels. It's got character growth. It's got development. And it's all run by a psycho multimillionaire who is basically using the show as a way to, to deliver profits to themselves and uh, basically keep all of the, the queens under her, under, you know, under her. Yeah, no, that's that's a very... Also, a lot of celebrities are inexplicably huge fans of it. Yeah. And they, every time a celebrity is there, even if they have no idea what is going on, they're made to look great. Yeah. Maybe with the slight exception of Joel McHale that one time. I don't actually remember Joel McHale on Drag Race. It was last season. Michelle oh. Visage got very angry at him because he just kept yelling, Yeah! <laughs> I mean, look, that sounds like a very Joel McHale thing to do. That's the thing, it does. It absolutely sounds like a Joel McHale thing. And that's why it, it made me laugh. And it, of course, you know, anything that upsets Michelle Visage is, brings me joy in this world, admittedly. I don't hate Michelle Visage. I don't hate Michelle Visage either, but I also enjoy watching her be upset. You know what? That's fair. Because sometimes she's very funny at it. And sometimes it's just, God, you have the just tackiest fucking taste ever. Just go back to New Jersey. I will also say, though, unlike Mama Roo, at least Michelle Visage can actually, like, take a joke about herself. Oh, that is absolutely true. That is definitely one thing there, is that Michelle Visage, while, be I mean, I guess that's the whole thing, is that, like, while being a hard ass and being kind of an asshole about things, Michelle Visage, like, understands who and what she is and is very humble about it. And it's why she can dish out the criticism so well is because she can take it. Yeah. She not only can take it, she seems to genuinely love being made fun of by drag queens. Yeah. She loves a good burn. Yeah. She loves a good read. Mama Roo can't stand one. I'm just saying, if Michelle Visage had a fracking farm, they would make jokes about it. They absolutely would. All right. Now that we've gotten all this out of the way, we probably should talk about season 12. Although, one thing I do want to say to begin is that, like, since we've been talking about how RuPaul is totally bullshit and keeping all of the, you know, the her the queens under her, uh, making sure that nobody rise, ever really rises above her, a la, let's say, a fabulous moolah, if you will. Damn. Yeah. Not, not the, not the other parts that Fabulous Moolah has been accused of. Let's be clear here. Not any of the, the sexual assault and pimping things. But definitely the part where she finds these queens and, and brings them up and brings them on the show and gives them all this huge success. But it's always with her name attached to it. Yeah, you gotta wonder who's gonna, you gotta wonder what's gonna happen to Drag Race when RuPaul eventually is like, I am too old for this. Yeah, which, hell, man, I feel like it's kind of things I felt watching the finale on this weekend. 
RuPaul looks so old. I know. It's like we were talking about this uh, privately uh, last week when when they did the the mask when like RuPaul was wearing the masks. Uh, you know, she had the luchador mask, and of course, she had a mask again this time. Yeah, two so masks even. My mother is saying, "Yeah, RuPaul definitely had plastic surgery." Hmm. See, what I was because my theory that I had on it honestly was just like, you know, because. I felt like, especially on the finale, like she, you could see just around her eyes, like yeah. there was some. It kind of looked like a mess. It just kind of made made me think, like, oh, maybe it's really like you know, because there has been some talk of like you know, RuPaul can't really do the drag very well anymore, and that like she is kind of getting too old for this. Like, and it kind of made me wonder. It's like, oh, maybe it's just like without like the makeup people and the costume people and all the, the people that they have, the production people that they have on drag race to help her. Maybe she just really can't do this anymore. Like she can't just do the makeup. Like she can't even do the makeup to like, you know, hide like the, the huge wrinkles around her eyes and the crow's feet. Like she ha- can't even like put on the stuff and has to just like cover it with like, you know, a mask. And I also feel, you know, by that token, RuPaul also probably won't lean into just doing old woman drag. That is also very true. Like none of her none of her outfits that she ever has on the on the main stage ever have any hint of like, you know, RuPaul is getting older, RuPaul's assistant. Like RuPaul is ageless, basically. Yeah. In drag. And to be fair, in drag RuPaul does look ageless with all the makeup on. No, that's the thing. It's just like she's fucking perfect and flawless every single time she's on that fucking runway. Even with the outfits I don't like. Like, she always looks her best. Which um, then, again, makes me wonder, when we look at how they they showed her in the finale, it is really like, man, how much of this is just they got that VH1 has got some real good production values I mean, you can always you can always kind of see it in the moments where Rue is out of drag, where we were noticing it's like, yeah, in the suits, Rue's looking pretty rough this season. Definitely looking rougher, although still, I would say looking better than you know, like very, like I said in the finale, very noticeable those crow's feet and like a lot of the the problems under the mask. Yeah. That, like, I don't even think her that, like, you know, as much as Rue looks kind of hit and miss out of drag on the show sometimes, like, not that noticeably. No, for sure. But one thing that I did want to think about, that I was thinking about, especially with watching the finale here, that that was, of course, the one of my main thoughts. My other main thought, though, was, yo, and, and this also ties into uh, my comparison here to uh, Fabulous Moolah, is... Fucking, let's talk about Evie Oddly. Yeah, Evie Oddly is actually kind of some, again, I I didn't watch that much of season 11 and kind of just absorbed it through the osmosis of a queen from Toronto did really well. But Evie Oddly fucking rules. Evie Oddly is, like, she is an incredible performer. Like, 
her and and she's just incredible for a lot of reasons. Like you know, her her drag is just completely out there and very strange and unique. She has really cool and different things with it. Really interesting ideas there. Plus, you know, she's you know a queer person of color who also has like a fucking degenerative disease. Like this is like some amazing fucking representation and someone that you would actively incredibly want to push. I think as someone that is a fucking next drag superstar of someone like, look, I literally have a disease that's like slowly like one day I won't be able to do this anymore because my body literally won't be able to handle this. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm still giving this my all and giving everything for my art and all this stuff that I love and this performance. Like, that is absolutely someone that one million percent deserved to be pushed as America's next drag superstar. Pushed to the fucking moon and, like, really sell that fucking story and this this fucking incredible talent that you have. So I found it kind of disheartening in the the finale when I was thinking, like, yeah, where the fuck has Evie Oddly been all this time? As Oh, You've been in Vegas performing in RuPaul's stage show. Yeah. Good on you getting your money. Like, definitely. If that's what's making you happy and, like, you know, you're doing this, like, you fucking deserve it. But, like, it still just feels like, okay, you won this thing and your ultimate prize is you get to continue to perform for RuPaul under the RuPaul name doing things that RuPaul wants you to do. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the Drag Race Vegas show also has Aquaria performing in it, who, from what I understand, was had a decent enough following in New York beforehand, and was insta famous. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm and I'm sure it's I'm sure it's fucking good money. It's Vegas. Yeah. Hell, they they fucking took over from Donnie and Marie. Damn, really? Yeah. Wow, that's a fucking, that's a weird twist. Oh, we're going to go from these, like, two Mormons to Drag Race. Why not? You know, hey, Donnie Osmond loves his gay friends. He just doesn't support their lifestyle. Again, RuPaul and, and, and trans people. No. Yeah. Season 12 was fucked up, man. I'm glad it's over. Because holy shit, this was the never-ending season. This season... Yeah, this season... Maybe it's just because... Maybe it's just because of the whole coronavirus thing. I think it's a mix of coronavirus and... Jesus Christ, you really went forward after all this Sherry Pie shit. It... I will say the... The penultimate episode... Or the, uh... Yeah, the penultimate episode, yeah. not counting the reunion, took me four tr- took me four sittings to get through. Oh dear God! And the, again, I think the most disheartening thing about it is this season was good. Yeah, like that's the problem. Is again, it's like the comparison that we made to Raw earlier. It's like every single person that was on this season is incredibly talented. Maybe you know. Maybe a lot of the challenges, some of the challenges didn't show them to the best of their abilities, but, like, even the ones that I don't like, it's hard to look at them and say, like, oh, no, this person's just not good. I don't see why they would ever be, like, considered for this show. Like, hell, even someone like Aiden, who, you know, people really fucking hated. Yeah, or I I was honestly thinking, uh, Nikki Dahl, who I fucking hated. I consistently forget Nikki Doll exists. Fair enough. Like, 
at least Dahlia Sin kept popping up as the Brock ally. Uh, Fucking fixed-ass meme. No, I'm telling you, she's the next Vanjie. Except Vanjie was actually funny. Yeah, but hear me out, though. They own Brock ally. They don't own Miss Vanjie. Shit. Shit, of course! That's why they did it! God! RuPaul really is the physical man of drag! Yeah! Like, yeah, that's totally what it is, is they need a meme that they own. Fuck. Fuck, you really broke this down. Man. Well, I've been doing a lot in quarantine. Alright, let's let's get to the important stuff here. Finale! It was this weekend. For the yeah. first time ever, three drag queens doing their lip syncs from their house. I will be honest, this was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I kind of agree with you. Like, you know, I, at first I I wasn't super into how they did. Like, you know, of course they, they still do what they usually do. Of Like, they interview all the queens and, you know, ask them to talk about their stories and why they think they should be America's next drag superstar. And I wasn't super into that, which admittedly I'm never super into it. I feel like it's just padding and not like they don't really answer ask like very interesting questions of them and it mostly just feels kind of emotionally manipulative sometimes but Look, you know I, that's the show the advantage of watching it on streaming is that it, you can see exactly how long in the episode it's been it's been it took almost half an hour for them to get to the first lip sync yeah sure did and you know admittedly yeah the tribute was real nice yeah, actually, the tribute to the producer was was very sweet and well done. Yeah, and like, no, absolutely, you should have had that in there. But also, yeah. just the fucking intro took like 12 minutes of them just introducing the judges and making every obvious Zoom joke you can think of. Yep. And look, can we fucking talk about that goddamn... that? goddamn song that they made all the fucking queens sing oh fucking fucking rupaul's they made them sing fucking rupaul's like come together (laughs) song or whatever to as a thank you to the fucking first responders are you fucking kidding me oh i was thinking of when they did their version of rock the vote Oh, yeah, no, that was insufferable, too, and just had me screaming at the television how you can't just tell people to vote. You need to tell them what to vote for. You need to fucking make this clear. Otherwise, like, what the fuck are you doing? You don't actually stand for anything. Is that a law thing in America where you're just not allowed to tell people who to vote for? No, I think it's more just a... That we don't want to be seen. We don't want to be seen as biased and impartial. We don't want people yelling at us for being for like promoting them to do a spe- vote for a specific thing. Because uh, I know up here for a while there was like very much a thing about how it's like you cannot explicitly tell people to vote for something. I don't. I don't, I think that's only for like public things. Mm. Like pri- I think like private things can do whatever the fuck they want. I mean, shit, I remember when, when fucking uh, Norm MacDonald told everybody to vote for Bob Dole on Weekend Update. <laughs> Thanks, Norm. Yeah, idiot. But anyway, enough about 90 Saturday Night Live. 
Let's talk about someone that's also desperately stuck in the 90s, RuPaul. Frank Stallone. Shit. <laughs> yeah, this this finale was weird, but also, like, yeah, I thought that the... I thought all the lip syncs were, were really well done. I thought they were interesting. I thought, like, the ideas behind them were good, even if, like, again, having the first song with the close-ups, like, be a RuPaul song, come the fuck on, y'all. I mean, it's always a RuPaul song. It is, I know. This, I mean, I mean, hey, I'm gonna throw it out there. This season had only one RuPaul lip sync, which I think might be a new record. It might be, yeah, you're right. But they also made us suffer through You Think You Know Me and didn't play the Edge theme immediately afterwards, so what the fuck? <laughs> oh, I got the... F yeah, we'll talk about the rest of this season after. <laughs> because there's yeah. a lot. Um, I liked the idea. I, I I thought they I thought the individual lip syncs was the best idea the show has had. I agree with that completely. It made them like actually show off their creativity and do interesting things with it. And I thought that we got like three really unique and cool stuff. That I I you know when Rue said like yeah no you're all three moving on like I, I honestly was like yeah no completely because like these are all three really different and unique things. Like I wasn't super into crystal methods. I'm like a bird thing, so, but it was fucking out there and creative in a way that I'm like yeah okay no you you fucking you fucking rank. Crystal Methods, I'm Like a Bird thing was all the way my shit. <laughs> I knew you would love it. And from that moment on, I was like, Crystal has to fucking win. I know, I, I know what you're into. I know that you like watching mothers regurgitate into their babies' mouths. It's, I love... Every year, I will root for the weird fucking queen. It's why I was all the way on Team Acid Betty until Acid Betty went home. Like, nah. Fuck it. And admittedly, after the you weird You should have watched last season, man. Fucking maybe oddly. Yeah, I know. But also, I can't root against my city. I mean, you can. You don't like that bus. I like... I like the idea behind the bus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. You know, I like. I just don't like the fact that my city, you know, goes all in on pride and ignores the uh, the reasons why Toronto Pride is the way it is. So you mean what literally every quote unquote liberal city does? Yeah. Hooray! So at least they changed the names of the subway stations at Wellesley and Queen to Wellslay and Queen, but spelt with a W. You don't know how much of an urge I have to just punch this mirror that's right next to me. <laughs> it's... It's real fucking bad. I really like Gigi's take on me that she did. I... I will honestly, Gigi's take on me, I liked, I liked it, but also, it was, oh, it felt the most underwhelming, because it was, the lip sync itself, I completely agree with you, it was the least interesting of all the lip syncs, it absolutely yeah. was, she didn't really have a lot of, or at least, at least that we didn't see, she didn't really show a lot of personality in it, which I, I thought's fucking weird, because, like, she had all that fucking personality in the close-up, 
Like, she was doing some good shit with her eyes. So, have you heard the controversy about Gigi's lip sync and how she almost apparently got disqualified? No. So, the rule was the lip sync had to be done from home. Yeah. And Gigi Good had originally submitted her Take On Me lip sync recorded in a professional studio with a green screen and an animated background. And the producer said, this is a flagrant disregard for the rules. Yeah, what? You had a fucking production crew helping you here. Yep. Uh, if you don't refilm this, you're disqualified. So is that why there are, like, the parts where it cut to, like, a thing where she was, like, looking at a screen and everything, and it looked like, this looks very different, and this has, like, camera movement. Would not surprise me. Huh. Because I was wondering that. It was like, why did it suddenly look, why does it suddenly now look very different and cool, and I'm really into it? Because, like, the thing that stood out to me is just, like, I thought it was just, like, the reason I was really into it was just, I thought that it was just fucking aesthetically pleasing to look at. Like, the cool background that she made, it, like, her, her outfit that she had, and then she flipped, and then she had it, and the outfit palette swapped. Like, I was into it. It was dumb. In a way that I got behind. The outfit palette swap was, was real good. I will say, I was really into it when I saw it, and then, going back and thinking about it, I'm like, you know what, this could have been a lot more. No, it absolutely could have. You're right. And I think that, well, it, see, it seems like it was a lot more. And then she got called out for flagrantly breaking the rules. Yeah. Is that a worse infraction than what Sherry Pie did for the monologues? Uh, what did Sherry Pie do for the monologues? They had a five minute. They were supposed oh, to go oh, no longer than five minutes oh, and yeah. she went 17. Uh, no, this is a far worse infraction than that specific thing. However, take it as a whole, it's it's uh, far less DQ worthy than uh, everything Sherry Pie did. Well, yeah, I mean, we're we're not even going to count everything else that she did. Again, listen to the intro song for our yeah. true feelings on Sherry Pie here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think I mean I still maintain. Sherry Pie should have been made to lip sync because it did break the rules. Yeah. But I also think, yeah, what Gigi Good did allegedly, I think, is a far worse infraction because, as people point out, it's like, yeah, this is just all the way you just flexing all your privilege. Yep. Especially to be able to flex on the fact that, like, oh, I can get a fucking studio in the middle of a fucking pandemic. I mean, look, this ties cool. into some of the other conspiracies about Gigi Good and James Charles doing a thing that led to a quid pro quo that led to her getting to use James Charles' studio, allegedly. I did not hear this. I've been reading a lot of gossip on forums about Drag Race in quarantine. Okay, you're going to have to send this to me because I'm going to want to read this. Maybe this is something that we'll have to cover on this, or maybe there'll be a second episode of Ruthless Aggression that we can touch on these conspiracy theories here, but... GG cast countdown to DQ. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then Jada had her, had hers, which was just 
fucking really good and she looked like she just fucking owned that song completely nothing really you know she didn't have like some cool fucking like background setup up and and thing like Gigi did or just like the bug fuck crazy idea that uh that uh crystal did but she just had yo i'm a fucking slay this goddamn and fucking uh lip sync and rule every single part of the, of my living room yeah and to her credit as well she made the camera movements work for her yes she did like whoever she got i'm assuming that was her partner that she had uh yeah. manning the camera and fuck no it was again crystal methods was still all the way my shit but you know it's undeniable that jada was real good yep as as kind of I've seen some other people say online, and I don't disagree with this. Gigi won the close up lip sync. Yes, Jada agreed. Uh, Gigi won the close up. Crystal Jada was won. A, Jada was a close second, though I'd say. Yeah, Crystal won the one on one, and then Jada won the final. Yes, I mean that's definitely the thing. Is I was I'd say very much like I was underwhelmed by Crystal's final. I thought Gigi did good, but like her reveal just didn't work for me. Like, you can't have a reveal that's, well, I kind of dressed like Dorothy, and then go, no, I am dressed like Dorothy! Like, that's not cool! Also, there's the whole... You want to talk about some of the shit Gigi's been saying on social media? Yes, but let me just, before we we do that, let me just say, Jada's outfit looked hideous, but it was all worth it for the fact that when she does that reveal, she looks fucking flawless. Yeah. Yeah, no, Jada completely owned that 100 million percent. But anyway, what the fuck is Gigi doing now? So, the Dorothy thing ties into an apology post she made on Instagram. What? Where she used... She used this apology post to then tie it in to say... Be sure to check out what my outfit's gonna be on the finale. What? You you want to know what she was apologizing for? Oh God, what is it? She made a thing a few days before the finale, where she made a bunch of bad "I can't breathe" jokes. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So, is Gigi good? The AJ Styles of drag. Yes. Absolutely one of my favorites, but undeniably problematic. But yeah, so there was a lot of stuff with uh, Gigi doing some dumb shit on social media. Which, hey, what's what's the season of a queen Oscar really likes and is rooting for that doesn't end with the queen Oscar likes turns out to have the worst opinions What's up, Eureka? No, fuck Eureka. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I feel like Aquaria probably said a bunch of toxic shit. Oh, yeah. Also true. Derek Barry had her stupid Stonewall comment. I don't remember that. This, it's more funny than anything where they were just like, it's her and a bunch of queens in some interview thing and Derek Barry song about... Oh, it's so great that they fought for Stonewall. And then one of the other queens is like, do you know, why don't you tell us more about Stonewall? And Derek Barry's like, 
Derek Barry's like, you know, all the people that died there, and then some, and then the, one of the other queens like, no one died at Stonewall. Oh no! <laughs> Which Derek Barry's then just like, I didn't know that. I thought people died there. I feel so good that we're putting out this episode out in the first day of Pride Month. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's appropriate. So. Again, someone please explain to Derek Barry the Stonewall was a riot, for God's sake, before the All-Stars 5 starts. <laughs> you know, look, maybe this is just my predisposition to twinks and, every, and how every white twink is just pro- the most problematic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not wrong, though. I know I'm not wrong. And that's why Jada Essence Hall won. Because she's not a problematic white twink. Yeah. And also because, again, those lip syncs were, were fucking flawless. And yeah, she's no. a wonderful, excellent drag queen that probably, honestly, I feel like probably deserved to win this season, in my opinion. Yeah, Jada, I, I feel like we kind of never got to know Jada that well during the season. I agree with that completely. Of which, again, there's a lot of speculation that yeah, Jada and Sherry Pie got along very well in the workroom. Oh. And so a lot of Jada's stuff... It was either they got along or they had, like, this Jada-Sherry rivalry. But either way, a lot of Jada's storylines were tied into Sherry. Mm. You know, are sort of the, sort of the same way of, like, how Jan got almost completely axed from Snatch Game because her Bernadette Peters was almost definitely interacting with Sherry Pie's Catherine Hepburn. Yep. No doubt that's what happened. Yeah. So it's like, I, I bet you that has a lot to do with why we never really got to know Jada that well. Which is unfortunate because, yeah, it's not her fucking fault. Yeah. And yeah, I... I, I I absolutely think Jada deserved to win. I was Team Crystal Method from basically episode one. I know, Oscar. I know. (laughs) I will say, though, that absolutely I agree with you that, like, Crystal was a great, like, for me, a great second choice. Like, she, of everyone on this season, like... I don't think that anyone showed as much growth and as much development, as much coming into her own as Crystal did. Hell, you know, she was, she also has enough awareness to know that no matter how much RuPaul insists, you shouldn't do blackface. It's true. You got people like Heidi that will literally just steal whatever RuPaul tells you to do. And here's Crystal, like, saying, hey, I'm taking all of your criticisms. I'm hearing them all, but I'm filtering them through myself. And, like, I think that's even something that Michelle pointed out. Yeah. Crystal never stopped being Crystal. And that's, yeah, like, there's something to be said about that. Like, I definitely think that Crystal really deserved it too Mm -hmm. like if if this was a season like if they could have just done what they did for that bad all-stars that they really shouldn't have done and given it to two people it should have been jada and crystal i feel like though if they were gonna give it to two people it would have been i feel like they were very much priming gg good to win and then gg good just completely self-destructs hmm like, Gigi Good was absolutely getting the winner at it. 
You really think so? Yeah. I mean, they kept, they consistently showed for Gigi. It's like, you know, they never really criticized. They they didn't put her in lip syncs where Gigi probably should have lip synced. That is true. I mean, Jada had to lip sync. Yeah. Did Gigi ever have to lip sync? I don't think so. Oh, I guess no. The only lip sync she ever did was in the first episode to to win. Yeah. And kind of proved in that episode, she's not a great lip syncer. Yeah. I don't think there's ever... I'm, I'm going to look this up now. But I don't think I, there I, is. Yeah, I have the list here. Gigi never lip synced. Damn. Yeah. So, that's, and again, that's like... That's fucking wild. Considering that, yeah, both of them lip sync. Yeah, Gigi absolutely should have lip synced... Um, for for the fucking political episode? Yep. She was terrible. Yeah. And doesn't know what a red coat is? Still so fucking mad about that. I, you're, it's a fucking Stars and Stripes Americana thing, and you dressed up as a British soldier in the revolution! I mean, hey, look. She just knows how history should have happened. Fuck. <laughs> Gigi Good is just really into alternative history. <laughs> She's just really into the ser- the canceled series turn from AMC. <laughs> She's really sad that the man in the high castle's ending. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, no, she should have absolutely fucking had to lip sync during that. And admittedly the only reason I'm happy she didn't is because she should have lip synced against Jackie Cox. Yeah. Jackie Cox was They should have they should have given Jackie Cox a Sherry Pie slot. Yeah, but especially, also Especially since they weren't gonna fucking give her miscongeniality, they should have done that. I will say Heidi deserved miscongeniality. Heidi a million percent deserved miscongeniality. Don't get me wrong. Heidi is wonderful and she absolutely deserved it. Yeah. The right like, person won that. Yeah. But also... Also, I'm just going to say it now, because I just fucking... It took me that long to realize it. Yeah. Wow. Sherry Pie really is just a fucking knockoff Nina West, huh? Damn. You're not wrong. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that kind of stuck out to me. It was like, it was like, holy, holy fuck, they brought back Sherry Pie? It's like, oh, oh, wait, that's Nina West. Oh, right, Nina West! Yeah! Wait a minute! Although, I will admit, Sherry Pie's punishment is having to present miscongeniality is something I might be into. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I thought, you know, I don't... I in the moment I thought Jack and I still think Jackie should have gotten Cherry Pie's slot, but also I did see someone point out that it's like, yeah, but then if you're Jackie Cox, you kind of know that you're there with zero chance to win because they've already eliminated you. Yeah, you know they've already decided you're not top material. Yeah, you're not wrong. But also... But also, she should have been. Yeah. I just really want to know what she would have done for her individual... I I actually feel like if she was in the top four, she could have stood a chance, because she's a fucking lip-sync assassin. 
Absolutely. She's great at it. Yeah. Um, look, when Crystal and Jackie had to lip sync together, it was the most heartbroken I had felt because either way, one of my favorites was going to go home. Yep. I was miserable when that happened. And then when they both survived, it was just like, I should have fucking known. I should have fucking known. No, that's the Jackie Heidi one. Jackie Crystal was, um, the last lip sync to get into the finale. Oh, right. That was the last lip sync. Yeah. Sorry, um, I, I was thinking of Jackie Heidi. Yeah, no, Jackie Heidi was a Jackie Heidi was great. Was Jackie, also fucked. Jackie Widow was a fucking great lip sync. Damn right, I forgot about Jackie Widow. Like again, it's the only reason why it's like, nah, you know, if Crystal was or if Gigi was in that lip sync, that meant that it would have spelled worse for Jackie. Yep. God. Although I can also just say I don't understand how Britta got to be in a bunch of lip syncs when she's not good at it. I have a theory about this. Okay. Britta's giant mouth makes her inherently more emotive during lip syncs. You're not wrong. Like we I was cuz my mother's finally getting caught up on the season, so I was rewatching the Snatch Game episode where Britta and Aiden had to lip sync against each other. And I realized Aiden's mouth is really small and Britta's mouth is really huge, which inherently gives Britta the advantage in this lip sync because Aiden just cannot get as good of facial expressions. No, I th- actually, I think you're completely wrong that, right on that. I mean, I think it's something I thought about in the, in the close-up lip sync from the finale. Like, Gigi just inherently had an advantage in that because she has gigantic fucking eyes that are super expressive and she could do so fucking much with them. Like, yeah. it, it honestly, it was like, at a point, it's like, Jada was doing more and she was doing more interesting work with like, moving into the camera, moving away from the camera. Like, you know, like, Rosser or whoever pointed out there. But mm-hmm. like, she just can't do as much with her face as Gigi can. Yeah. Although I will say I would have liked Aiden Zane to send Britta home just because that would have been the ultimate. Nah, fuck you, Britta. Yeah, no, that would have been deserved and I would have been happy. Although, But also Aiden, Aiden deserved it. Aiden absolutely deserved to go home for her snatch game. <laughs> yeah, Aiden absolutely deserved to go home when she went home. But also fuck Britta. Aiden's Snatch Game is the first time in a long time I've actively been insulted by someone's Snatch Game because of how much I fucking love Rocky Horror. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I feel insulted by a lot of Aiden's acting. I hated her in Gay's Anatomy. I, I know that they thought she was so funny, but like, all she was just doing the fucking like, oh, I you're I get it, you're doing the oh, come up and see me sometime bit. Fuck off, this shit is so old. I mean, in Aiden's defense, that's what the script called for. The script very explicitly said it's a Mae West type character, so you kind of are locked into that. It's just. It just felt so forced the way that she was doing it. I, look, the better thing, the thing that was also kind of pointed out is 
No, she's not actually doing Mae West. She's doing Alaska as Mae West. Wait, you're right! You know, Wait! Holy shit! You know, hey, it's like Dana Carvey, how it's like, by the end of it, he wasn't doing George Bush, he was doing the impersonation of his impersonation, and it just loses all connection to what makes it good. Yeah, damn, wow, that is a really good comparison, too. Yeah. I love that George Bush. George Bush really good. The George Bush impression is really good, lest that quote be taken out of context. (laughs) I know we are talking about mainstream elite gay culture here where they seem to like George Bush. Oh, man. I didn't know that. Look at Ellen. (laughs) Look, it's a different George Bush, okay? I know. (laughs) Do you? You're Canadian. And young. I wasn't alive during the first Bush. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> hey, fuck, I barely was too. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, you want to kind of just go through the season now that we've kind of talked about the finale? I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. What's What are your clothing thoughts on the season? Anything really stick out to you that you wanted to talk about? I feel like we've kind of gotten a lot of it out by saying, yeah, these people are idiots. Yeah. I did, like... I, I did like the Snatch Game a lot. The Snatch this... Game was very good, I will say, for as much shit as we've been giving in Gigi. Her robot lady was really funny. Yeah. Also, RuPaul should maybe do some research on the people that are being impersonated. Yeah, you'd think so. Because, fuck you, Crystal's Poppy was real good. Crystal's Poppy was perfect. Um, yeah, I thought Widow's Ike and Tina Turner was a funny concept that I don't, that in retrospect was like, I don't think this was as funny as the judges did. Yeah, I think they were mostly just amused by the concept. Which is, admittedly, is a good concept. Indeed. And I wonder, you know, I mean, hey. No one has been it. No one has been as good at doing two characters as Bob the Drag Queen. No. Bob the Drag Queen in both innovated and perfected that concept. It's true. And fuck that Carol Channing was real good. Was. Yeah. And yeah. I I yeah. Gigi's robot was real good. I wouldn't have been unhappy if if Jackie Cox's Lisa Rinna won, though. Yeah, no, definitely. This again, this was a very talented season. And it was I a think very it's... good snatch game, and everyone was very good, and I definitely appreciate that not a single fucking person tried Beyonce. Yeah. No, I mean also though. RuPaul and Vanjie's advice during the walkthrough segments almost felt like a challenge in and of itself of, I'm going to deliberately give you the worst possible advice, and the challenge here is, don't take it. Yeah. You know, we're going to suggest to you to do people, to do like a real housewife you've never heard of. Or to do blackface. (laughs) 
Also, I'm now reading what Jan and Britta's actual drag names are. Yeah. Jan Sport and Britta Filter. Yep, there's a reason they had to change them. Hence all the just Jan jokes this season. Trying too hard. Yeah. What is Jan Sport? They're, uh, Jan Sport's a, it's a clothing brand, I think. Nah. Dude, they do, like, athletic wear. Yeah, I had assumed it was a brand name from how they weren't allowed to say it on TV. They make backpacks. Ah. But yeah, I thought, man, I wish I liked Jan more. Yeah, same. My coworker fucking loved Jan, and Jan was her favorite this season. And I'm like, hmm. Again, the best comparison I saw of Jan is she's Rachel Berry from Glee, or she's what's-her-name from Election. Hmm. You know, I'm now reading about the reality show that Britta was briefly on. What reality show was Britta briefly on? Shade! Queens of NYC! Oh, is that where she got the title of New York's best drag queen? Maybe. It ran for 11 episodes on Fusion. I know Fusion, Fusion even still a channel. <laughs> I don't think it is. I'm looking this up. So, I mean, hey, you know, Derek Barry was on America's Got Talent once. Sure. And made it to the live show, I think. Huh, who knew? And then America just wasn't ready. Speaking of Derek Barry, though, you want to talk about All-Stars 5? Fusion has apparently been removed from Dish Network, DirecTV, and AT&T's cable things. Mm. So who knows? But anyway, All-Star 5! Yeah. They're doing more All-Stars! They sure are. We were waiting until Derek Barry got off of All-Stars, and, uh, <laughs> oops. Yeah, I really did think, like, oh, you know, like, we'll do it, like, midway through the season. Like, that'll be good. Then, then, oh, first episode, huh? Yeah. So, she, of course, she we do to got go out. I'm sorry. I can't really? stand by my girl that much. So, what happened exactly? Because, yeah, I, I was going to say here, we should, uh, before we get into the main event of what this episode is going to be, I do want your thoughts on some All-Stars 3, because, you know, I haven't seen it yet. All-Stars 5. All-Stars 5, whatever. So There's too many first, All-Stars, because first, it's a bad show. Yeah. The first challenge was they had to do their variety show, which is like the first challenge of every All-Stars episode season, I think. Yeah. And... Derek Barry, her her variety show thing was, I'm going to do 12 celebrity impressions in a minute. Why? Even though everybody was saying, because she wants to prove that she's more than just Britney. Even though the prevailing wisdom was, just fucking do Britney. It's the first challenge. It's meant to be the thing you're the best at. Yeah. But I bet you they couldn't get the rights to a Britney song. Hmm. Um, so Derek did a bunch of impressions that were fucking terrible. 
As you do. I actually, you now that you bring that up, I do wonder if like if maybe this this season was supposed to be a little uh, smaller budget because uh, at least here in America, this was not originally supposed to be on VH1. Like they put it, it was supposed to be a, a Showtime exclusive, uh, yeah. All Stars Five. Yeah, so this is going to be on like fucking premium cable. So Weird. I do wonder if maybe they. Based on the fact that, like, you know, yeah, it's a pay channel, but, like, it's also going to be something that less people might watch because of that. So I wonder if maybe they made it for a little bit cheaper. And then since, you know, everything is all fucked up right now, they just went, let's just put it on VH1. We really need content. Oh, God. I mean, that would not surprise me. Yeah, no, fucking Maria Balenciaga, she did a weird spoken word thing. And then a bunch of the, and then the rest of them just did lip syncs. And Angina did a lip sync that was like the history of drag race. And it wasn't very good. Why does everybody want to do that history of drag race shit? Because if you can get, if you can please RuPaul by acknowledging that his show is important. (laughs) As we said, the Vince McMahon slash fabulous moolah of drag. Yeah. On China, also, we learned cannot read people. Because the first challenge was reading is fundamental, and on China was fucking awful. I think it's always that, too, on All Stars. The the first mini challenge (laughs) is always the library. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah, it's what people want. Yeah. There was definitely built-in, like... It came in where there was some beef between Derek Barry and India Farah. Where Derek Barry's Derek Barry's boyfriend had said she took over from India Farah in the Las Vegas show. India Farah makes some YouTube videos where she's mean to drag race contestants and then Derek Barry's boyfriend made a comment about India Farah, and it was just fucking... I hate them both! This sounds really dumb and petty, and also, like, something that maybe is a little bit on the manufactured side, which is why it sounds so fucking convoluted. Yeah. And, you know, hey, look, Derek Barry raised a good point of... Hey, if India Fair is gonna gonna make the point saying, "Well, I guess they'll hire anyone now," then why are you upset that they fired you? Hey, but Angina went home second, and she self eliminated. It's never going to be as meaningful as when Ben de la Creme did it, so don't fucking do it. And also, it was stupid and sucked when Ben de la Creme did it, so don't fucking do it! Also, Ben de la Creme did it when Ben de la Creme was in the top. Angina did it when Angina was in the bottom two and was gonna go home anyway. Because the entire thing during the whole second episode was her just saying... You know, I've always wanted to be on All-Stars, but I just don't think I'm at the caliber to be an All-Star, and I don't think I'm right to be here. Angina just wanted to go out in her sword. It really made me dislike Angina. Which was real disappointing, because after Derek Barry went home, I was rooting for Angina. 
So really, this season of All-Stars 5 has just gone all the way bad for you. The last two people left that I want to see do well are Shea Coulee, who might actually win. Because I've been seeing a lot not. of stuff posted around her online lately. Shea Coulee is... I like Shea Coulee in Season 9. Shea Coulee got a bad hand with the lip sync. It's setting up to it's setting up to just be fucking Shea Coulee versus Jujube in the final, because the whole arc for Jujube is wow you've made it to the finale twice but you haven't won. Will this be your year? Hmm. Does it feel like they're setting up Shea Coulee as the heel? Because that's kind of what I feel like the tone of some of these articles I've been seeing around her online lately have been. <laughs> Would not surprise me. She's definitely... Although I will say, I think Ms. Cracker is definitely coming across as, like, the heel. Really? Yeah. She was so babyface in, in Season 10, though. Yeah, but now Ms. Cracker's just being, like, petty and shit. Hmm. Also... Does she have, like, the turn, like, Milk did in her All-Star season, where she just went, got, like, super fucking full of herself and arrogant? Pretty much, yeah, but there, oh, she just showed up that way. Like, there wasn't a turn. She just, from episode one, became a mega bitch. Yeah, no, that was that was totally milk in All-Stars 2. Yeah. Also, I really am not into the, into, like, the super Jewish references with Ms. Cracker. It's feeling very weird. I don't like that they're trying to make Shabbat Shablam a catchphrase. That was kind of a thing that they did a little bit in season 10, if I remember And it correctly. was bad in season 10, too. I'm not going to disagree. Season 10 was a bad fucking season. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to disagree, actually. Eureka almost won. I know, Eureka almost won. Yeah. They look. killed all those butterflies. <laughs> that was Asia O'Hara. I know. Look, there's two people left that I'm rooting for. And that's Shea Coulee, because Shea Coulee fucking rules. And Blair St. Clair, because Blair St. Clair came back and is blonde. And her drag is now like 80s Debbie Harry and oops, Shea Coulee got, or sorry, oops, Blair St. Clair got really hot. <laughs> okay. It's, she's definitely going through her emo phase. This seems like a good turn from the stuff that, Shea Coulee, that uh, Blair St. Clair had going on. Yeah. But also, also, I don't think Blair St. Clair's gonna win. Wow. Like, I... The problem is, I kind of don't... I like this cast. You know, I like Alexis Mateo a lot. I liked Alexis Mateo on season three. But also, it feels like Alexis Mateo now is mentioning a lot about how... Well, my drag daughter's Vanjie. Hmm. Which, hey, is true. It is true, but also, you know, come on. I also don't 
like how every other queen, the only read they seem to have for Alexis Mateo is, wow, you got really fat since you were last on Drag Race. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Those are those are really cool reads. Let's just fucking, you know, mock the big queens. That's that's a really fun thing to do. Yeah, it fucking sucks. So, in other words, what you're saying is, it's RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. This is worse than most seasons of All-Stars. It's hard to, to imagine that's even possible. It's better than season four, because it doesn't have the G gun shit. Fair enough, because that, yeah, that Gia Gun shit was awful. The lip sync, it's been nice to see some of the lip sync assassins back. It was cool that Evie Oddly was there. I do like Evie Oddly, as you know. The the ones they've had so far have been Evie Oddly, Alyssa Edwards, and Monet Exchange. Not bad. Yeah. Look, there's I mean, a I good... like all three of those. There's a good lineup of... There's a good... I would watch a season with those people as the contestants. Yeah. I I would actually watch a season that's all just like... Yeah, just like fucking winners and miscongenialities. Yeah. That fe- that feels like something that would be more of an interesting All-Stars than like what they ever do with All-Stars, which are just the people that didn't win. Yeah. No. You, you, you didn't win. You didn't even get miscongeniality... In any of these seasons, and yet I'm supposed to believe that you're an all-star. Like fucking... Mayhem Miller, India Farah, they finished 10th place in their season. Mm-hmm. Blair St. Clair went home right after Mayhem Miller. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a fucking... At least have it with people that made it to the finale. Like, I'll give you that Shea Coulee deserves a second chance. It would be nice if they, you know, had seemingly some kind of standard for who they put on. But all too often, it just seems like, who can we get? Yeah. I mean, again, the be- I, I watched Survivor for the, first ye- for the first time in years because I was intrigued by the Winners at War concept. And you know what? It was a good-ass season of Survivor. Mm-hmm. Even if all the people that were around when I was watching Survivor went home before the merge. But they they hooked you, and that's what matters. Yes. And it was all worth it for Sandra saying, Nah, actually, the twist this year is bullshit. I'm not going to participate, and I'm just going home. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. And then, also, there's one more Drag Race show premiering in July, and that's Canada's Drag Race with And Brooklyn this is something Heights. I was just reading about. Yeah. So, RuPaul's not involved in it? I don't think so. It seems like not, because, yeah, like, it's not RuPaul's Drag Race like the UK version is. Yeah, it apparently, it's like Drag Race Thailand, where... You know, it's very much created by RuPaul, and this is RuPaul's getting hers, but RuPaul's not fucking coming to Canada. Why would RuPaul go to the UK but not Canada? It's closer. There's more money in the UK. Oh man, let's let's be real. So hey, 
I'm going to keep my out TV subscription for another few months. Because you do get to see your national hero, Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. I do get to see Brooklyn Heights. Also, I'm just looking at the Queens on here, and... There's a fucking New York Queen, even on Canada. There's a New York Queen. Even on Canada's Drag Race. It's... They still gotta shove the New Yorkers in there. Have you heard of any of these queens? Because I have not. Uh, Actually, no, I have heard of Juicebox. I have not... I I've know some of these names. I don't think I I don't know if I've seen any of them perform or not because I'm usually drunk as shit while watching drag shows. Well, yes, you should be. Um, but also, it is hilarious to me that there is one, two, three, four, five, six Toronto queens and one from the greater GTA area. As you do. Like, this is why everybody fucking hates Toronto. <laughs> I mean, it's basically how this season of Drag Race was all the New York queens. Yeah, that's true. Sorry that we just have the good drag. I mean, you know, I get why there's only two Quebec queens. There probably should be more than two Quebec queens on there. Probably. I understand the language barrier aspect, but also Quebec, Montreal's the only other city really in Canada with an actual gay district. Hmm. It certainly explains why there's no Alberta Queens. Indeed. But yeah, so we got, uh, on this season, we have Anastasia, uh, Anakue? Is that, did I say that right? I would assume so. Boa? Wait, didn't... Isn't he in NXT? It's in all caps. It's BOA. Until I'm told otherwise. Again, isn't he in NXT? Have have him managed. Have BOA managed by Paul Ellering. Alana Verlay. <laughs> Jimbo. How? What, what is this drag name? Just Jimbo. <laughs> Look, Dolph and Kearney were busy. D- Juicebox. <laughs> Kiara. Kine. Lemon. This is just starting to feel like a fucking, like, a dating, like, the fucking dating show. Like, no, no, what did, you know what this actually feels like? It feels like uh, the fucking... The fucking mystery reality show that happened for a while where, you know, he was teaching people to be pickup artists and he gave them fucking stupid names. <laughs> See, I'm thinking if you were to tell me this is the mass singer and there's the boa, the juice box and the lemon and that under the lemon is like RuPaul. Go on. And of course, RuPaul's fucking terrible at the Masked Singer, because RuPaul can't sing despite how many albums RuPaul's put out. Hey man, you better work. It's the one good song! I like Sissy That Walk. Priyanka! Rita Baga! Scarlet Bobo! And Tainomi Banks. Who I have heard of, actually. 
what do you want to bet that a lot of these one name drag names are because they are a copyrighted product? I mean, I have to assume so, right? I mean, I've also just seen a bunch of terrible fucking drag names. It's true. So, you know, look, there are some big shoes to fill for Drag Race UK fucking ruled. I still gotta go back and watch that. Drag Race UK was really good. It also helps that Drag Race UK only had like seven queens on it. Hmm. So you actually, like, got to know who these people are? And also, would you believe that the, the one of the contestants I've really liked on Drag Race UK is the small twink who barely does drag? And Drag Race UK was her first professional drag show. You know what? I'm I'm shocked to hear this. Although there is a part of me that also recoiled. It was like when when this queen said, I'm not actually gay. I have a girlfriend. Wow. Although then clarified, I am bi. So I'm like, fine. You're okay. That's kind of, that's, that's kind of surprising though, that they would have someone that's, you know, Cause I feel, cause I feel like this show is very much just like the way that they film it and everything. Like it is so fucking like it, it completely makes sense why fucking, you know, Rue is all weird about having like trans women on or, or people like that. Because like this show is just completely aimed at gay men. Yes. 100% it is. Yeah. Who having spent a lot of time with gay men are the most transphobic people I've ever seen. Yeah, and I don't... And I, and to, just to make sure, I'm not saying it to be like, you know, oh man, how dare they not make this show for me? Like, no, this show is fine as it is. It, does, it shouldn't be made for a fucking straight person. It should be made... It, it's totally fine for just to watch it and be like, yeah, no, this isn't for me, and that's it's cool. Like, I just get to experience it, enjoy it, and, like everybody else. But they're still like, come on. Drag is not just a specific thing. Drag can be anything and... F- ev- for anyone and for everyone and you're literally limiting you're saying you talk about how drag can be this amazing transgressive thing that can really push boundaries and change things while then insisting that drag can only be one thing performed by certain people i you know look this is kind of the wwe comparison again where there is definitely a style that they have perfected to a t which is, hey, maybe why Drag Race has gotten a bit stale. And why perhaps the most refreshing thing about Drag Race UK is... Basically every single queen on there is just a fucking stand-up comedian... Doing the campus comedy drag. And no one was taking it seriously. That's good. And this is kind of my fear about Canada's Drag Race, where... Canadians love to want to be Americans. Oscar. Yeah? Tell me about the British pit crew. Oh, they're called the Brit crew? That's actually pretty funny. (laughs) It is real good. Also, the winners get Rue Peter badges, which is a very specific British reference that I don't know if that translates here. No, it doesn't. I don't understand. 
so the Blue Peter, Blue Peter is this British kids show that's been on since like the 60s. Okay. And there's this thing called the Blue Peter Badge, which if you're like a kid in Britain, it's like the thing you want. So you, like, and you get it by like writing into Blue Peter. If you send them artwork and they show it or you do something good for your community, you get a Blue Peter Badge. And then that Blue Peter Badge gives you like free access to museums and theme parks and that's pretty cool. So it is, it's a really cool thing that they've been doing since like the 50s or 60s. Um, and so when they announced that the winners of Drag Race UK, each challenge winner gets a Rue Peter badge, I'm like, and the badge basically looks like a gay version, a pink version of the Blue Peter badge, but legally distinct enough that it's not associated with the kids' show. That's really funny. That's it's, really funny. It's real good, and I I appreciated how much they made Drag Race UK, how much British stuff they sprinkled in. But then also, it just made, it's kind of what made me all the more pulling my hair out at how when some of these queens are doing very specific UK references, you just get RuPaul and Michelle Visage saying, well, I don't understand this. And it's like, because you ain't from here. Also, it kind of bought. Admittedly, I don't know if Graham Norton said anything about it, but every time it consistently bothered me when they called Blue when they called Graham Norton a national hero because he's fucking Irish. <laughs> he's not from there. Oh boy. And, you know, hey, this is why Graham Norton and Alan Carr were real good, because they could explain to RuPaul and Michelle Visage, no, this is totally a thing that's real good, and you wouldn't get this. Thank God they had someone there. The UK Snatch Game is one of the best Snatch Games I've ever seen as well. I guess I'll have to go back and watch it. You should watch Drag Race UK. Okay. But I think this dovetails finally into... Another spinoff that I think we've been talking about a lot. Let's get right on into it, Oscar. The main event of this show. We're going to make our own drag race. With all professional wrestlers. So I do feel like we should give a disclaimer uh, before we begin that this is going to be pretty different from as we had originally planned it, I feel like. Yep. Because, you know, when we were talking about this uh, several weeks ago, uh, we had some very different ideas for whom we would have on our lists here. Then, well, you know, speaking out happened and suddenly, like, you know, just to give you an idea here, who were some people that you were originally thinking would be really good on this on our Drag Race Oscar? Sammy Guevara, Joey Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy yeah. Havoc would have been great as the Aiden Zane style goth queen. God, yeah, fuck. Uh, this so, is horrible. I feel like we can find 12 non, non-rapist wrestlers. I'd like to hope so. Like... I guess we, that's, yeah, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to book 12 wrestlers that we need to put on this show. Uh, we're leaving a 13th, an open 13th slot 
in memory, basically as representative of all these fucking piece of shit wrestlers that we just named and all the fucking p- terrible people that have done really shitty things over the past week. Or, you know, that who have been blown up over the past week or so, you know, have been doing this shit for years. Congratulations, y'all. Every single one of you is the Sherry Pie. (laughs) Yeah. So, but hey, at least unlike Drag Race, we actually waited long enough that we can, that we can work around that. (laughs) Yep. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to have to choose 12 wrestlers here that's going to be our drag race uh superstars. And I will say that I feel like there are a couple uh there are a couple things that we're going to really have to fill in here. I you do know, think that th- there are some archetypes that we need to set a ground rules for in the beginning. Mhm. As we know, Oscar, there are certain Certain character types that always appear on every single season of All Stars. You know, again, All Stars is much like, it's much like a WWE thing where, you know, they gotta have a little bit of everything, a little bit of everyone, all sizes and shapes and from all people, oh, and all around the world. Like, definitely they, you know, they're very much like that classic, uh, WWF style of, hey, look at all our ethnic champions! <laughs> so none. I mean, got your Pedro Morales, you got your Hulk Hogan being the king of the Irish. (laughs) My favorite ethnic minority, Hulk Hogan. (laughs) I mean, you have to remember that in the fucking 70s, late 70s, early 80s, fucking Vince Sr. and Vince Jr. actually did believe this. Like, yeah, no, we're going to have to sell him. We're going to have to sell him as like a working class Irish guy. (laughs) Is he even Irish? He's Italian! (laughs) Terry Balea! Man. He is a real American. American, the red, white, and blue. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what I'm thinking. So, we're definitely going to have a a big queen here. Yeah. Like there's got to be there's got to be one because there's always one, and I think there's also you always have the camp queen and the fashion yep. queen. Yep, you got to have a pageant queen, definitely. Um, you have I guess I guess you have your southern queen. Yes, definitely, you have to have a southern queen. I also think that you have to have a. You have to have the, like, the, the weird queen. The one that does, like, the out there shit. Like, with the strange outfits and the strange makeup. Yep. Think you also need to have, like, the gender bending queen. Someone like a milk. Who, who does, like, you know, drag that's kind of, like, you know, blurring the lines between male and female. Yes. Sorry, I was thinking. I was thinking, well, I guess that's more your fashion queen, but then I remembered, no, wait, no, you're talking, you're talking androgyny, not passing. Yeah, sorry, that's, that's a a much better way to put it, is the, the androgyny queen. Yeah. Um, you have to have your, you have to have your non-black or white ethnic minority. I mean, I, I, 
I hate to say it, but I'm just going to say it because this is what this show is. You mean you need to have an Asian queen? Sometimes it can be a Hispanic queen. I mean, usually they have both, I feel like. You, you know, you get your you get your, your Rock'em Sakura and then you get your Vanji. True. And I guess, I don't know if this is kind of the same as your Camp Queen, but I think you definitely get your Broadway Queen. Like, you're one that's not necessarily all about camp, but is more about, like, you know, they'll do really good on the... You're, you're Jan, basically. No, absolutely. I think that that's, that is a, an important distinction from the camp queen. Because, no, like, I, I would think that a camp queen is someone... It is, like, it is like a, a Miss Cracker or, like, a Sherry Pie. It is someone that is about, like, you know, throwback stuff, like, with a, a funny bit to it. Whereas the Broadway queen, yeah, it is very much like people like Jan who are, like, really good at, like, the performance, like, the dancing and the singing and, like, still, all of that. it's still fashion. It's still glamorous. Yes. It's always glamorous. Yeah. You know, they're not going to do the crazy makeup to look campy. Yeah. It, it's, again, it's the difference between a Jan and a Crystal Method. Yeah. Even if you could say, even if, you know, Crystal Method... Actually, Crystal Method fills a lot of these boxes. She's the fucking Southern Queen. She's the weird queen. Hell, I was going to say it's the difference between a Jan and a Sherry Pie. And then, I guess those are your archetypes that typically get filled. But then I think the rest is sort of wild cardy. Yeah. But I mean, hey, we just named like nine archetypes that this show always fucking has. But I also think like even just looking at season 12, you know, Britta and Sherry Pie fill your big girl queen. Yeah. You know, people fill it. You get multiple people that fill. And I think I think over the years, it's become a lot more... Everybody's kind of good at something. Yep. Hell, Here's... even Gigi proved that she can be camp. True. Here's something I'm thinking about, though. Would you think that there's, like... Would you think that there's some category that I... I'm, I'm thinking about, it like, a category that would maybe be, like... A Gigi Good and, like, uh, oh, God, the Blair St. Clair. Like, that kind of... Your young queen. I, yeah, like, your young queen. Yeah, I guess that that is what I'm looking at. Like, the your young queen. The most likely to be problematic on Twitter queen. Aquaria or Pearl, also. Yeah. I mean, shit. That was what I was thinking Sammy Guevara would be, but then it turned out to actually be that. <laughs> I mean, no, that's a problem, is that is actually what Sammy Guevara is. Sammy Guevara fits that role perfectly, and that's why he's fucking not allowed here, because he's suspended. Yeah. <laughs> fucking asshole. Also, man, fucking Gigi Good with her bad George Floyd jokes. I didn't even see these. I mean, I know that they happen because I know that, like, we had you fucking told me with the fucking apology shit. Yeah, she deleted them, like, real quick. Yeah, I'm still very glad I didn't see these, and just, my only exposure was you telling me on the, on the last Ruthless Aggression, and just being like, what the fuck? Yeah. But hey, I mean, considering all the problematic things that Gigi Good also did in that finale... Also, her fucking finale look sucked. Yeah, it was, I'm... Dorothy! And it wasn't even a good Dorothy. Well, I would say it was the whole thing was that, like, the 
the reveal when she did the reveal into being like actually Dorothy, I was like, yeah, okay, that looks good. But like the first thing that she was doing, it was literally, it was literally just like, I'm Dorothy, but like bad Dorothy. Yeah. But yeah, so I think we've got our list of general archetypes. And again, knowing that people can fill more than one of these. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'd say quite frequently your crossover between Big Girl Queen and Camp Queen is pretty much, in the Venn diagram, that's a circle. Yeah, I mean, it generally is, because, you know, that's exactly the kind of fucking queens that RuPaul goes for. If, like, oh, you're you're big, you have to be funny to make up for the fact that you have low self-esteem. Excuse, excuse me, they just have a big inner saboteur. <laughs> Thanks, Mama. I mean, hey, at least Widow Von Du seemingly avoided the, oh, political queen. Mmm. That's the one that's missing. That is the one that's missing. Like, yeah, we gotta have, like, a vixen in there. Although I guess that's more of a relatively new thing. Yeah, but I mean, it it all makes sense as the show has, has, you know, by its very nature gotten more political. Yeah. I mean, look. Not good political, but political. Are you talking shit about Frock the Vote? Yeah, I am. Put the ballot in your box. We got 11 archetypes. Actually, no, because I'm putting as the last one wildcard. Yeah. So now we have 12 archetypes. Yeah. Alright, so... And I think as we talk about these people as well, we would, I think, I want to bring up, like, would they be a good lip-sync assassin? Would the, How would their snatch game be? And, like, realistically, how far do we see them going? Well, of course. I, I mean, think, we're, we're, book, we're fantasy booking this season all the way, baby. I think the how far do we see them going, I think, I, I think we should fantasy book that once we have our actual cast together. Yes, we gotta build the cast, and then we gotta, you know, decide who's gonna be what. Yeah. So, where do we want to start? Let's start with, uh, let's start with our big queen. Hmm. Hmm. I guess... Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I guess because there aren't really too many, like... Or, I like, you know, without just saying, like, it would be Samoa Joe... But also, you know yeah. what? Fuck it. Put Samoa Joe on. He would probably be really funny. Look, I hate to... I'm, uh, Oscar, I hate to say it. And, you know, maybe it actually wouldn't work because I know that he's he's pretty religious. But I think that if we look at what this show typically does, the big queen has to be Otis, right? Oh, fuck. Yeah. He's big, he's overblown, he's campy as shit, he's just constantly shaking himself going, oh yeah, he would be so good at like those fucking stupid dancing channels. Like, think about if you made Otis do I'm that bitch. I just realized I hate Otis for all the same reasons I hate Eureka. (laughs) (laughs) What if Eureka started screaming, Tucky! I would maybe like Eureka more. I mean, it would be better than what Eureka typically does, which is say the N-word. Oh! 
I feel like Chris Jericho has to be on this season. Chris Jericho absolutely has to be on this season. Like, I don't know what archetype. Other than I guess he would also be a campy. I feel like Chris Jericho is probably the wild card here. Because I feel like Chris Jericho has... Fills that kind of role of like, you know, they are an older... Like, they're they're one of the older queens... So they've been around a lot, and but and they've done a little bit of everything. They've done pageant. They've done camp. Yeah. They've done weird, like, the only other place that I could really see Chris Jericho would be, like, you know, a Broadway queen or something. But I do think that, yeah, Chris Jericho's probably the wild card. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, because Chris Jericho, I envision Chris Jericho as someone that is safe for pretty much every challenge. Yes. Chris Jericho ends up in the bottom two when he fails the the debate challenge by oh. just being Joe Rogan. Oh, I was going to say, Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho probably, like, nails all the improv challenges, but he's also the one that came in not knowing how to sew. <laughs> and he's not a very, and like... Chris Jericho is either in the top or safe, but the second Jericho has to lip sync, he's gone. Damn. Not wrong. Yeah. Um, who would the fashion queen be? That's a good question. Like, so, yeah, for me, I feel like the fashion queen is, is definitely someone that's got to have, like, you know, a pageant feel to them. Um... You know, like, I guess, I guess that this is my mind also thinking, who's the twinkiest wrestler? Again, the same Guevara is disqualified. Yeah, I know. And I feel it would be wrong to put Sunny Kiss only as the fashion queen. I mean, honestly, if there is anyone I feel like that is the fucking pageant, like the pageant queen or the Broadway queen, it is Sunny Kiss. I think Sunny Kiss is the Broadway queen more, though. Okay, yeah, no, I, I think you're right when you put it that way. Yeah. Because Sunny Kiss also does camp. True. In a way that, like, the fashion queens are usually pu- very look-based. Mm-hmm. Also, just I just want to throw out here just to clarify that, you know, since we are following the rules of this television show, unfortunately, every every person here has to be uh, someone that wrestles as a, as a male wrestler. Because... Yes. Yes. You know, RuPaul's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. We don't make the rules, we just gotta follow them. Sorry, people. I'm gonna throw a wild card out there. Ricochet. Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think of, like, where Ricochet would really excel. Like... Ricochet is Aiden Zane. No charisma... Not really good at this, but you just want to root for them. But the one thing they are good at, they're really good at. That is true. That is very true. Like, I feel like the problem is, anybody that's just a a really good promo won't do well. Ricochet would do well in, like, the choreography challenges. Hmm. And would probably be a really good lip sync. I could, yeah, I could see Ricochet being a very good lip, like a, a fucking lip sync assassin, 
and definitely like being really good at the dancing and the choreography and able to do all that stuff. But yeah, the second that you have to have to have Ricochet improv anything, he's fucked. Yeah, which means like, Ricochet goes home like second. Yeah, like or I'd say maybe even first. Like you know, fucking if you like think of if he had to do I'm that bitch or you think you know me like. Yeah. I couldn't see Ricochet being able to fucking write a funny verse. No, but he would probably be safe based on just like, well, you learned the choreography perfectly and... Yeah, you're right, actually, when you put it that way. Can we see Ricochet maybe being the young queen? Yeah. No, I that that's probably totally correct. I mean, definitely not my, most likely to be problematic on Twitter. Ricochet actually seems like good people, but... You know who your look queen is? Probably someone like The Miz. Yes! The Miz is absolutely the pageant queen! How do we not think of it sooner? Yeah! No, for sure. Fuck! I mean... Look, I'm just gonna say the obvious one that we're that we're just not even touching here, but it, it's so obvious. The weird queen's gotta be Darby, right? Yes. There's no way it's not Darby Allen. No, it's fucking Darby Allen. Yeah. Also, I don't know. I think you're outright. Your camp queen is probably Biggie. Ooh. No fucking way. That's great. Like, Biggie would be so fucking perfect. Biggie would fucking kill it. Yeah. God, now I just want to see Biggie Snatch Game. Yeah. Fuck. So, whatever Biggie's going to do for Snatch Game, they're going to be fucking amazing at it uh hear me out for southern queen cody yeah yeah i definitely see that like if it's not cody then maybe dustin yeah but i feel like unfortunately jericho already feels the old queen yeah you're probably right there i was gonna say i know he's not really super southern but i could also see someone like adam page Hmm. I don't know. Something about something about the Hangman. I, I, as much as I feel like Hangman would be a really good ally and like a really a really fun judge, who's like totally into this, I feel like Hangman wouldn't just wouldn't be able to let himself go enough to to pull this off. Yeah, no, you're probably right. I think Cody is your Southern Queen. And I mean, you know, we're not really, I think we're not necessarily looking at their actual personal lives in this, because I'm sure that disqualifies a large portion of wrestling. Oh, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Like we said, like, I'm not sure that Otis would really be into this. Yeah. I definitely don't think that Chris Jericho would be into this. I feel like Chris Jericho would be a coin flip on if he would be into it. Because I could also see Chris Jericho being the greatest guest judge. Because he just fucking yeah. gets it. Yeah. I could see... Yeah, I, I, that's that's actually true. I could see... I would more likely see Jericho being, like, in that the thing, the place that I put Hangman of, like, he gets it, he's into it, he doesn't want to do it. Yeah. God, I'm trying to think of, like... I, well, what's, an, what's one that we have empty right now? Because I think that might help. We have the the androgynous queen, the Asian queen, the, La the Latinx queen, and the political queen. Mm. Daniel Bryan is the political queen. I just... 
don't see Daniel Bryan really being great on on Drag Race, though. Daniel Bryan would be like the vixen in that you hear all these stories of, yeah, they have really good political shit, and then it just never comes through. Hmm. trying to think of who else i think would be like really fucking great for this i feel like joey janela could probably do the androgyny thing well yeah i could see it i mean i'll i'll be honest the the person that i was honestly thinking for the androgyny queen was was kenny omega Ooh, that is a good pick yeah it's kenny omega like I, that definitely seems like something that would that would play yeah. <sighs> Michael Nakazawa as the Asian queen. Hear me out, though. Are we sticking with people that that can speak English? I mean, hey, they always seem to have a queen on that doesn't speak English that well. Look at your Nikki Dolls <laughs> or your Valentinas. Shit, good point. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. We're totally missing the queen that can't speak English that well. And it's one of the foreigners. Because when I think about it, like, if there's one person that I would really want to see on here, you know who I'm going to say, Oscar. Are we praying to our man? I think that we need to pray to the man. Yeah, no, we're fucking praying to our man. We are praying for our man and summoning Tai Chi onto RuPaul's, onto the main stage here. Yes. Start your engines and may the best Miho Abe win. So we're missing Latinx and... Is that it? Uh, and the political queen. Oh, political queen. Hmm. Though honestly, if we can't think of someone, that can, that can be another wild card. I feel like I kind of just want to make it the wild card because, hear me out, Orange Cassidy. Or if they decide to do, like, another pageant queen type thing, I'm thinking, like, someone like Jungle Boy. Mm. Totally. Actually, yeah, Jungle Boy as maybe, like, your crystal method, and not just because they have similar hair. What do you think of, like, uh, I'm thinking maybe, like, a more, another com like, another comedy or camp queen. Like, different style than, like, you know, a, a Big E. Like, I was thinking, like, what, if, what about, like, a Drake Maverick? Mmm. Yes, one no, 100%. Drake Ma and RuPaul would love the fact that Drake Maverick is down for anything. And will yes. just fully commit himself into, like, whatever weird, bad skits they have written. This is the man that pissed himself for Vince McMahon. Yeah. Legit pissed himself because his prosthetic didn't work. Yeah. And he still fired him. The the other one I was thinking, if we're doing, like, that kind of comedy queen, is, like, maybe a Colt Cabana. Hmm. But I think Colt Cabana is probably more in the Big E style of just overt camp. Yeah. I, 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 I think you're right. Drake Maverick's a better pick. All right. So now we got to just figure out our Latinx queen. I'm thinking maybe instead of Latinx, what about someone like uh, Mustafa Ali? Oh. Hmm. Yeah, Mustafa Ali could be okay. And would also fulfill the role of being, like, clearly getting the face edit of someone that's just the nice guy that no one hates. That's true. 
you know, because I think and they get and they get to do the Jackie Cox thing of you're Muslim and here you are doing drag. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Mustafa Ali bring is... back Jeff Goldblum to ask sort of inappropriate questions that make the internet real mad. Oh, look, Jeff Goldblum just wants to know where you know it goes. Jesus. I wasn't as mad at Jeff Goldblum as everybody had made it out to be. No, I wasn't either. It was, I mean, look, it was definitely a sloppily asked question. But also. Some of the stuff that he had. But I, you could tell that he was coming from a good place. Like, look, it's like that fucking Disney Plus Jeff Goldblum show that is just all about sloppily asked questions where you can tell he's coming from a good place. Like, I get it. Jeff Goldblum's hot. Jeff Goldblum is weird and cool, and we love him. He's still a 70-year-old man. Yeah. So, that's our whole roster then, right? Yeah. Uh, Unless we could think of, yeah, like... Unless you want to do the 13th spot. Because they usually do have 13. No. I I feel comfortable with our with our nomination for the 13th spot here. I mean, hell, they usually have like fucking 15 queens. Yeah, it's true. But no. I I feel I feel okay with us going by season 12 rules. Yeah, I think I think I think 12 queens is enough. All right. So let's run it down again. Our our 13 our murderers row of 13. We have Otis, Biggie, the Miz, Cody, Darby Allen, Kenny Omega, Tai Chi, Mustafa Ali, Sonny Kiss, Ricochet, Drake Maverick, Chris Jericho, and in the memorial, Sherry Pice getting disqualified from ever being on the show ever again, but you're still here, Spot. Every shitty wrestler under the sun that's been blown up in the past couple weeks. Oh. But, yeah. Fuck you, David Starr. Yeah, God. More like the fake political queen. Shit, yeah. Man, I'm sad about that again now. Me too, Oscar, man. Me too. Go back and listen to that very long heel alternative that we did about it. But also that real fucking good heel alternative. Yeah, that's the sad thing, is that it was like two hours and 24 minutes and probably our best episode. Yeah. Look, we're ending on the highest of high notes with our last couple. Yeah, we're going out, we're going out into this break blazing with fucking two podcasts about accusing people of things. So, are we going kind of based on... I guess now we should, I guess, think of what challenges they usually have. Like, the yeah. first challenge is usually... The first challenge is usually, I guess, their song and dance, like, big group thing. Yep. They, you know, like like they did this season with You, you Think You Know Me and I'm That Bitch. Yeah. Like, they... It's, a, it's basically like a big song and dance number. You're mostly doing lip syncing and choreography. In fact, like, yeah, you're only doing lip syncing and choreography. But you also have to write, like, a, a little verse about yourself and do some things and then, like, perform it. You're not actually singing it, but, you know, you're, you're lip syncing it. Mm-hmm. So... I can't remember. Ricochet's not... We Did Did we go with Ricochet in the end? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Because, yeah, we had decided that, like, Ricochet is someone that would... 
just barely get by on this challenge. Yeah. Just barely be safe. Like, I would even say be in the bottom three, but be safe. Yeah, I definitely think... I also feel like someone like Ali is in the same thing where good choreography, but... So who wins this, I guess, is the first question. Hmm. Because I feel like Cody probably does not do well at this. No. I think Cody is definitely the person that just kind of skates by being safe all season until they get until they get their one challenge, which is their de- complete and utter downfall. Yeah. Tai Chi is in the top. Tai Chi is definitely in the top. This is, tai Chi has got all of it. This is the challenge. I think your top two is Tai Chi and Sunny Kiss. Yes. This is the challenge Taylor made for them. See, I could see, honestly, the thing is that, like, I, I hate to say it, I could see The Miz being someone that's, like, one of the first eliminated. I, so hear me out as your bottom three, then. Cody, Ricochet, and The Miz. Hmm. And Ricochet, he gets told, basically, you had, you did the choreography well, so you're safe. Yeah, I could see that. But I guess then your question is, who's a better lip syncer, Cody or The Miz? Oh, I think absolutely The Miz would be a better lip syncer. Yeah. I feel like Cody is definitely, like, is has a lot of the pageant queen stuff that The Miz does. But, like, whereas The Miz is able to really sell that and, like, do all this stuff. Like, Cody is definitely the queen that has, like, these immaculate looks. These incredible fucking looks. And can do all this crazy shit. And, like, maybe would even get by on that. But I also think that, like, it becomes very clear very early on that, like, a lot of what Cody has is less ideas than cash. Yes. Cody is basically what everybody I think feared Gigi Good would be. Yeah. Someone someone that is really good at drag because they can buy their way into it. Yeah. So I think yeah, Cody goes home first. I can see that. I think Cody goes home first and the real tough choice is is Tai Chi or Sunny Kiss better at the song and dance routine? I think it's Sunny Kiss. Yeah. I think it's definitely Sunny Kiss that wins that. Sunny, like, Tai Chi's, Tai Chi's fucking great. Tai Chi fucking has all that pageantry and can fucking, like, make you want to look at him and everything he does. But Sunny Kiss is going to be, like, Sunny Kiss is the person that is the one that's going to be adding their own choreography. And, like, the Todger Call is going to look at and be like, oh, oh, okay, you can do some shit. So I'm going to give you more complicated stuff just to, to really test you. Also, I think Sunny Kiss probably wins it as well because they'll say, and your runway look was spectacular yep yep yeah so i think that tai chi would also have an amazing runway but i think i think tai chi would have an amazing runway but he would get you know michelle michelle visage would definitely point out like you know your drag is kind of sloppy you know you you know the tearaway pants were fantastic but i could see you know some of the stitching was kind of off you know, that iron glove is really cool, but, like, it doesn't really pop. Yeah. So, congr- you got to make it work with the outfit more. Congratulations to Sunny Kiss. 
You're a winner, baby. And Cody sashay away. Yeah, I think so. I think the next challenge would have to be, like, the improv one. This is going to be, like, you know, your world's worst where you get the fucking... Okay, here's the question. What is... The... Who ends up being the forced meme that they just shove down your throats all season? Hmm. Ricochet. Ricochet is totally the Brock ally. Yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah. I think your top in, your tops in the improv challenge is Jericho, Otis, and Big E. See, I was thinking it would be Jericho, Maverick, and Big E. Oh, fucking right. Yeah, we have Maverick in this. Yep. Yeah, no, it's Jericho. Miz, I think, would be... I think Miz would be a top player, but then they would just ultimately be safe. He would be safe. Miz, yeah, Miz would definitely be someone that they... And I think Miz might even get the critique of, it, you surprised us with how good you were. Mm. Which is kind of the kiss of death of you're not gonna win, but you were real good. Yeah. So the Miz, basically. Yes. The Miz's entire career. I think Big E's your dark horse and wins this. Okay. Because I was gonna say Maverick, but yeah, tell me. I think Maverick will still be a little more restrained this early in the competition. Big E is going to definitely go for the all-flash right away doing the fucking gyrating. The, he's going to be so much louder than Drake. Oh, yeah, no. When you put it that way, you're absolutely right. Like, Drake is definitely the person that, like, RuPaul has to, like, sit down with and be like, you know, you got to really show us who you are. You got to really let yourself out. Like, you know, don't stop listening to that inner saboteur. And then, like, Drake comes out of the, out of his shell and just, like, is this fucking big, huge performances that are always, like, super fun. And, you know, doesn't win. Like, still gets knocked out, like, a little later on. But we get to see Drake grow. Drake is the kind of person, and we'll get to this later, but he'll excel on stuff like the infomercial challenge. Or he might even have, like, a killer snatch game. Where he has yeah. the opportunity, where he doesn't have to be competing against a whole group. And he can let his more subtle humor shine. Definitely. Who does poorly on the improv challenge? Well, definitely Ricochet. Yeah. I hate to say it, but Darby... Yeah, no, I was definitely going to say Darby as well. Mm. I think, honestly, I think the bottom three would be Dar Darby, Ricochet, and just Tai Chi by virtue of, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, tai being a Japanese speaker. Yeah, Tai Chi handle the English. Mm-hmm. But I think your bottom... T I think... The only reason I think maybe not Tai Chi, and maybe more like a Mustafa Ali... Is because they'll at least say... Because Tai Chi seems like the kind of guy that will completely throw his whole physical humor into it. Hmm. In a way that, like, someone like Nikki Doll didn't. That's true. Like, Tai Chi seems like the kind of person that would, yeah, like you said, very much play it up and ham it up and, and would understand how to do that. Again, Tai Chi's the kind of person I think he does well until... You know, the exact opposite of, of Drake, you know, he does well until your snatch game, where he just can't riff off of the questions. 
So yeah, I think the bottom three, like we said, is definitely going to be uh, Taichi, Ricochet, Darby. And then I think Darby's just going to be safe, just, you know, because they'll be like, oh, we we want to see more of you. You're so interesting and so different. So, and that's that's always the thing that fucking keeps you on yes. is when you're the fucking weird queen. Is that like, we want, we just want to see more. We're disappointed, but we want to see more of you. And then, yeah, Taichi and uh, Ricochet lip sync. I say, yes, Taichi... Taichi 100% wins. He, but Taichi Ricochet is goes down as like one of the all time great lip syncs. Yeah, I could totally see that. Like they both have a fucking fantastic lip sync, but still, look, you got to pray for your man. Yeah, like Taichi, Taichi has the reveals. He just has, you know, at the end of the day, unfortunately, Ricochet's lip sync just turns into. Just how many death drops can I do, and how many? Yep, it's gonna. It's just I'm gonna be like spinning, unrolling all over the stage, just doing any sort of insane shit. It's gonna be. Hey, it's gonna be that Ricochet Will Osprey Best of Super Juniors match. They're doing some wild fucking shit, and it looks fucking crazy. But it also doesn't really have any logical flow to it. Tai Chi connects with the song better. Yep, Tai Chi understands the song. Tai Chi is doing the song. Yeah. While also having, like, all the reveals and all the stuff just perfectly timed. And then what comes next? Like, I feel like... It's... I feel like this is the next challenge would probably have to be, like, a fashion challenge. Well... I feel like it would have to be one of those, like, you get your three runway looks or something like that. Yeah, or it's gonna be, like, your bossy Rossi thing. But I guess that's kind of close to the improv, I guess. I, that's, but no, I could see that also, them also doing like an acting challenge there. Where like, you, you do something where it's more about like, you, where as opposed to the improv characters, where it's like, we give you a character and we give you some stuff and we make you run with it. Like, this is gonna be more like, alright, we want you to play a specific character and do these line reads and do this thing. Yeah. I think this is the non-parody acting challenge. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, they're all always weird parody shit, though. No, I know. But like, this is the one that's not like a gaze anatomy specific parody of a thing. Oh, I was thinking it could be like, you know, or like, uh, let's fuck. Uh, why, why, why always got to be Black Panther? (sighs) Yeah, no, I think. Or whatever the, or whatever the get out one was. Or is this like, uh, no, I guess it's too early for their infomercial challenge. That's usually after the snatch game. I could see it being, I could see them doing that though. Again, like I could see them being like, cause I feel like, like, look, I'm, I'm to be as cynical about it as possible. It's like, I feel like they have to have some kind of acting challenge, some kind of thing that has like a writing or like a performance element to it. So that they can fucking get Tai Chi out. Yeah. Because they're not going to let Tai Chi go on to Snatch Game. Or they let him go on to Snatch Game and then it's a very easy, isn't it funny that this guy can't riff off of the questions because he doesn't speak English. Ah. Like they Valentina. Yeah. Hmm. Or... You're probably right, but he just survives through the Snatch Game based on the power of his lip syncs, and by the time he's in the bottom there, it's like, well, you've been in the bottom three times. 
Yeah, so now you gotta go. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, this is I guess then this is the acting challenge. What is the bad pun? What's the bad parody? Extreme charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent re- wrestling. Yeah. No, that's... Oh, fuck, this is hard. Rest, wrestle gay, Mia. Ah, oh, fuck. There it is. There we go. It's the laziest pun you could think of. It always is. This is the challenge where I think Miz... This is where, like, Miz surprises people. Yeah. Because... And and I think this is the challenge where Kenny Omega finally does shit. Yes. Like, I could see this... I think, like, this is the one where... For me, I was thinking, like, this is the one Miz could potentially win, and Kenny Omega is definitely the one that surprises people. Miz Omega Jericho? No. This is the challenge where Drake Maverick finally is... People are like... Yes. This, yeah. this is definitely the one where... After seeing how Big E got treated for for killing it in the in the last one, Drake Maverick comes out of his shell in like the biggest way. Yeah, I could see him still losing, like you know, being in the top, but you know, ending ending up safe, like under like Ms. Jericho. I think Ms. Drake Omega is your top three. Hmm. Because I think I think Kenny Omega has that natural humor, but also Kenny Omega is going to be better at following the script than Chris Jericho. Yes. Chris Jericho is going to want to take his own liberties. Yeah. And like, I feel like that could be a thing where it's like they like Ross and Michelle end up being like, well, I like some of the liberties you took, but I didn't like others. Yes. And it'll probably be one of those criticisms as well. That's like, well, you know, you took these liberties, but you made it hard for people to follow along with you now, and it hurt the flow. Playing the... Darby ends up safe, just being boring. It, yeah, Darby, Ally, even Darby, Ally, there you're definite safe. And I think... I think you're... I think this is the challenge where Sunny Kiss really hurts. Because hmm. he's funny, but he's probably but like he has a lot of trouble with the script. I can see know. that, and he's not playing well off of the cues that they've given him. Yeah, Sonny has like a charisma, and like it's fun to watch and fun to talk to. But Sonny, like Sonny, has trouble really falling into a character. I could definitely Sonny having like a Vanjie element to it to yeah, him. Sonny where... kiss is always Sonny kiss. Yeah. Exactly. I also think Otis is in trouble during this. Mm. For the same reason of, like, Otis just keeps falling back on his... Hell, Big E, the same thing. Like, the criticism will be, well, Darby and Mustafa Ali, you were boring, but... You know, you guys you guys were boring, but you at least were in character. Yeah. Yeah, I could see... I could definitely see, yeah, it's like... Biggie gets the, gets the, you're good, but tone it down. Yeah. I think, and, oh, and Otis is like, you just weren't a character. I think your bottom three is Sunny Kiss, Taichi, and Otis. Yeah. 
And I think that it ends up if when it goes down to that, it ends up being Otis versus Tai Chi. Yeah. Of which again, Tai Chi kills Tai Chi fucking kills Otis in the lip sync. Yeah. But yeah. And and I think again, Sunny Kiss gets the same critique of we want to see more of you. Mm-hmm. So now that we've gotten that, I think it has to be it has to be a runway challenge. Yes. Like it's gotta be a it's gotta be a sewing challenge. It's gotta be your three outfits. Sunny Kiss wins this. Hands yes. down. Hands down. And as I said Ke- before Kenny Omega also comes out strong. Yeah. And Big E. Yes. I could see Miz coming out strong too on this. I think Miz is fifty fifty if he can su- if he came in knowing how to sew. <laughs> Okay, fair. Miz could definitely be one of those, could be definitely in the Cody angle of uh, drag queen because you can afford it. Who comes out wearing a corset and a bikini bottom? Darby. Yeah. I could see... Jericho is also... Jericho cannot sew. Yeah. Jericho is totally, like, you know, just mismatching things and all over the place like having good ideas but not able to execute it i could see drake maverick having the thing where it's like again got good ideas no execution whatsoever like but he gets like he's able to skate by you know still in the maybe in the bottom but like able to skate by on like but he's got some interesting concepts this is going to be the real hard one. I think Darby I think Darby and Jericho are your bottom. I think you're right. I think this is I I think this is where Darby goes. Yeah, I mean, look, the weird queen never really makes it this far any never makes it past this length anyway unless they figure themselves out. It's true. Yeah, and they'll and they'll say to Darby, it's like your look was really interesting, but it wasn't well executed. Yeah. And again, I think Jericho's just a better lip syncer, or at least, no, I think they're both awful lip syncers. <laughs> I I actually do. I think they're both. This is um, you know, the exact opposite of the Ricochet Tai Chi lip sync. Yes. It's it's the let it go lip sync. Yeah. It's this is really not good, but Brit is sort of decent, I guess. Jericho has a larger mouth than Darby Allen. <laughs> not wrong. Yeah. Is this snatch game yet or one more before that? I think we need one more because we have nine people left. Do we just want to do we just want to eliminate every shitty wrestler under the sun? Oh. Yes, right. I forgot they're still in here. I'm just counting this as like an actual 12 person season. Yeah, fair. So now we're down to 8 then. So yeah, this is your this is your top 8. This is Snatch Game. Yep, this is Snatch Game, baby. Who does who for Snatch Game? <sighs> that I don't know. Or at least, I guess, what kind of characters do they do? Like, I feel like Jericho does your 
Jericho does your reference to someone from the 70s. Yes. Sunny Kiss has your, like, real... Sunny Kiss has your, like, deep dive into something that's only relevant for, like, gay culture, but is yeah. absolutely, like, something that is completely up RuPaul's alley. Yep, Sunny Kiss is going to be, yeah, like, the real deep cut reference that only certain people get, but is fucking perfect at it. Yeah, and a, and RuPaul's the one that gets it. Yes. Biggie is going to be a real housewife, char- basketball wife style character. Yep. Kenny Omega does your, like, Broadway gay icon. Like, your. I was gonna. I was gonna say, actually, that Kenny Omega is your crystal method and does, like, a poppy style character. Hmm. Someone that. Someone obscure that they fucking nail perfectly, but RuPaul doesn't get it and RuPaul ain't gonna learn. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. I think Tai Chi just... Tai Chi tries to just go for the most mainstream person he can think of. Yep. And doesn't really get it. Yeah. Because I think Tai Chi understands it's like, well, I have this language barrier. Yeah. Tai Chi has a language barrier, tries to do something, like, ends up just kind of with a character where it's just, well, you're just kind of... It's like, like the person that did Maxine Waters. Yeah. You're just yelling the Cheeto has got to go. Yeah. You're doing the one thing you know about them. Um, I think Miz is the one who's like the big camp gay icon. Yeah. You know, I'm just looking at this and I'm realizing, wow, we're just getting rid of all the ethnic minorities at the start. I mean, that's RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, you're not that's what happens on this show. We're again, like we said about the fact that we've only allowed men on this list, it's not because we think that it's a good thing, it's that because we know how this fucking show works. Yeah. Drake Maverick Drake Maverick does a character that it's like this is going to be a huge uphill battle. Probably does someone that like someone else has already done and won with, so there's already that there's already that comparison, but he fucking nails it and knocks it out of the park. Yeah. You know, like, like fucking Drake Maverick does, Drake, Drake Maverick does someone like Cher and people are like, well, you know, you're going to be up against like Chad Michaels' impression. Mm-hmm. And then he fucking does so, like, this is Drake Maverick's challenge to shine. Yes. And then I think Mustafa Ali just does is just like Tai Chi does someone safe and kind of boring and doesn't really go anywhere with it. Yeah. Mustafa Ali, Mustafa Ali. Yeah, ex- exactly. He does try to think of who he would do even. I feel like Mustafa, I'm, you know, I am having trouble thinking of someone because I feel like Mustafa Ali is smart enough to know. Don't fucking do Beyonce. Yeah. Ricochet would have done Beyonce. Ricochet absolutely would have tried Beyonce. Cody Rhodes would have tried to do Dusty Rhodes. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. I think... I feel like 
this with this one, it's probably between Biggie and Drake Maverick. Hear me out. Mustafa Ali is the kind of person that does an, a former Drag Race contestant. Oh shit! And thinks he's gonna fucking nail it. Yep. Yeah, no. Th- I think your top three is Dr- is uh, Maverick, B- uh, Maverick, Biggie, and Jericho. See, I was actually thinking maybe Maverick, Biggie, and Omega. Like, yeah. I could see Jericho being like I could see Jericho being safe and in the middle because they go- their criticism of Jericho ends up being that like he picked an interesting character, but he didn't really play the character so much as he played himself playing this character Mm, that's a good point i could yeah i could definitely see jericho having the problem of like unable to remove himself enough yeah this is the week taichi goes home right yeah i think that the bottom ends up being taichi mustafa ali and miz yeah or Sunny Kiss because they'll get it'll be the same criticism that he's been getting week in week out of you're just never not Sunny Kiss. Mm. In but fact, yeah, I, th- I actually think your bot I actually think your bottom two is Sunny and Taichi. See, I was thinking your bottom would be Mustafa and Taichi. The only reason I'm saying Sunny and Taichi in your bottom is because they kind of want Taichi to go home by now, and they know that Sunny Kiss can out-lip-sync him. I think that you're absolutely fucking right there when you put it that way. Yeah. I think that, yeah, they put they put Sunny in the bottom as like a pun- as a, we want to see you do more punishment, but we know you're gonna win, so yeah. that's why we're putting you here. Yeah, because Ali would absolutely fucking lose a lip-sync to Taichi. Yes. Taichi would would get to survive. So, Taichi Shantae away. Yeah. Sorry to say. Sorry you couldn't speak English very well during this challenge that intensely requires knowledge of the English language. Mm Mm-hmm. This is, your next challenge is the Rusical. It's gotta be. Yes. It's gotta be the Rusical. Vince McMahon, the unauthorized Rusical. (laughs) (laughs) fabulous moolah the unauthorized musical but it's but the fabulous has an exclamation point after it the problem is rupaul probably doesn't know who the fabulous moolah is (laughs) does rupaul know who vince mcmahon is i think hulk hogan the unauthorized musical there we go and and they get fucking Biggie to play sex tape Hulk Hogan. Please. We all know that Biggie is Bubba the Love Sponge. Shit. That's probably too niche of a reference for the Rusicals. <laughs> <laughs> Who plays Brutus the Barber? Drake Maverick and is surprisingly hysterical as it. Yes. No, absolutely. Like whoever whoever's assigning it wants Kenny Omega to be Brutus because it's just like, well, you have the hair for it. Yep. But then it's like, you know, it's just wigs, right? I'll do Brutus. 
Jericho really wants to be Hogan and basically sets it up so that he gets Hogan. And then fucking whiffs it as Hogan. Yeah, I could see that. Like, he's the absolutely the person that begs for a part. He's like, I need to be... It's like fucking Britta demanding to be Cone Bra Madonna. Yep. Like, he... And it's like, okay, fine, we'll give you this part, but... Yep, and then he sings really well. He's able to, to you know, do the, the musical stuff really well. But just as that character, he is nothing and doesn't stand out at all. Yeah. And then I feel like his runways finally catch up with him, so he ends up in the bottom. Yeah. Miz is Brooke Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like Miz just ends up being safe again. Yeah, Miz can't really sing, but he's funny enough, and... Yep. Kenny Omega really shows personality, but I feel like it's not enough, so he's safe. I think your top two is, uh... Ooh, Sonny Kiss, this is probably the challenge where he excels. Yeah, I think the top the top two is Sonny Kiss and Big E. Yeah. Yeah, Drake's top three, I think, but... Or maybe maybe I could also see Big E ending up like in the in the mid towards the bottom for just doing Big E still. Yeah, he probably doesn't nail the choreography. Hmm. I could see Big E just not even really like nailing the singing. Like, you know, it's like he steals the he steals all his scenes as Bubba the Love Sponge as being really funny and really just like gregarious and everything, but you you see that the singing's not do being done real well. Yeah. I think Ali surprises people in this one. Yeah. But I think then your top is... I think Sunny Kiss and Drake are your top. Hmm. Because, again, this is this is the point in the show now where Drake Maverick really surprises people. Yep. And is now definitely overshadowing Biggie, who is the forefront to be the comedy queen. Yep. And RuPaul, again, totally respects the fact that Drake Maverick is just committing to the, to like, he doesn't care about looking good as long as he gets the laugh. Yeah. But Sonny Kisses Linda Hogan is transcendent. Yes. (laughs) Kenny is Vince. Kenny is Vince, yes. Now I actually want this musical. (laughs) Fuck! What have we done? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I think the bottom three ends up being Biggie, Miz, and Ali. Jericho's in the bottom three, I think. Again, mm. Jericho is totally—he—he he demands to be Hulk Hogan. Yep, and. He's not, a, because he, again, he's like thinking, well, I'm a professional singer. I'm Actually, gonna... yeah, I think you're right. Like, it's like we talked about earlier. I think this is the challenge where Jericho is safe throughout, like, all of this thing, and then tries to go big on one of them, and it's his total downfall. Yeah, this is the week Jericho goes home. Yeah, I think that this is the week where Jericho and Biggie have to lip sync. And Biggie is so much more charismatic as a lip yep. singer. 
Biggie just murders him. Yeah. Commiserations to Chris Jericho. Sashay away. Hmm. What's the next challenge? Is it one of the, maybe it's like one of the big, like, performance challenges? Like, you know, the, like, the the acting things, like the monologue or, like, the, the talent show? Yeah, I mean, just following the formula of where season, te- of where the last season went, this is, like, your infomercial challenge. Yeah, or maybe, like, you know, the, the drag con panel. Right, the drag con panel. Yeah. It's a challenge that's based around, like, you speaking to an audience and being able to play to a crowd of people. Yeah. It's, you know, like, obviously all of these are performance, but this is not just, you know, about performing for the television, performing for RuPaul and the the people. This is where they bring in, like, actual, like, other people. Yeah. And and they start, and they gauge how you connect with them. No, I think you're, you're absolutely right on that. And I think this is another challenge where Drake Maverick excels. Yes. And I think, unfortunately, I think this is kind of where the wheels totally fall off of Ali. Yep, I I definitely agree with that. Because he just cannot connect. Yep. I could also see this being... I I actually think that the bot. You know, here's what I'm going to say. I think the bottom three for this is Ms. Omega Ali... Yep. And I think that the the lip sync ends up being Kenny and Ali. Yeah, I can see that. Because I think Miz has just enough connection with the audience. Yep. Like, Miz is, yeah, Miz doesn't, doesn't do great, but, like, he connects enough with the audience that it works. Whereas I could see Kenny just not able to really pull up, a, like, a really deep connection with them. Mm-hmm. And just kind of being a little bit boring. And again, I think this is another one of those, like, Kenny Omega has been safe the whole time. Yep. And it just, he, you know, he's the ultimate mediocre queen. Yeah. Was, and, you know, you go in and it's like, this guy's going to do great. But it just never clicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, yeah, Drake Maverick wins this week and Kenny goes home. Oh, you think Kenny goes home? Yeah. Ali's a, thought... better, Ali's a better lip syncer. Hmm. Ali, because Kenny is going to try too hard to, like, do it as an actual song performance. I you can know, see that. Ali is going to go for the flashier moves that it's like, even though Kenny can do it, he's going to think, like, no, I got to have the slow build. I got to make it big at the end and... You know, like a Kenny match. Yep. And it's not going to hold the judges' attentions in the beginning. And by the time it builds, they're already f- eyes fully on Ali. Okay. Well, then we get to, I guess, what would be our final challenge here to decide the final four. We haven't had the makeover challenge yet. Yeah, I guess this has got to be the makeover challenge. And no one goes home because they don't want to make the fan, the super fans or the external people upset. Yes. But I think the bottom ends up being Ali and Miz. And I think Drake in the bottom three. Hmm. 
Yeah, with Drake end- ending up safe. Yeah. Actually, no, I think Miz does okay. I think it's Ali and Biggie. Okay. S- Sonny Kiss wins this, hands down. Yes, 100%. But I think Biggie just... He tried, you know... I could see Biggie very much like what Crystal Method did, and it could either be brilliant or backfire. Yeah. But he's going to try to do, like, just... I think because he sort of realizes I'm losing my comedy ground to Drake Maverick. I could see Biggie not being able to really pull off a family resemblance. Yes, that's... And, yeah, that's the biggest problem. But... Drake and Ali are in the bottom... But no one goes home because we all want to feel nice. Yeah, exactly. And then I guess the next one would be, I guess it would have to be the, like, them doing, like, a music video or, like, a, you know, like a lip sync to some RuPaul song. Do they, I, I, yeah. I was thinking, like, do they still do those? Uh, yeah, I guess they have the the ad for for Drag Vegas. Which is just a glorified RuPaul music video. Yep. Or, you know, like the classic ones where they did the video for Sissy That Walk or the, the or like realness. the big, yeah, or the live performance of Hey Kitty Girl. Yeah. I think this is the week Big E finally goes home. I don't think Big E makes the finale. I agree with that. I think that Big E ends up, I, I'm going to say, it, I think Big E ends up as Miss Congeniality. Yeah. I can see. Or Ali ends up as Miss Congeniality because everybody just likes him. Well, here's the thing, though, Oscar. Ali can't be Miss Congeniality because Ali's in the final four. Oh, right. Final four can't be Miss Congeniality. Yeah. So it has to be someone that's already eliminated. Right. Yeah, Biggie's Miss Congeniality 100%. Yeah. Which, yeah, brings us into the finale. Somehow we've ended up our final four being The Miz, Mustafa Ali, Sonny Kiss, and Drake Maverick. Well, before we get into that, though, who does Big E lip sync against? I think Big E lip syncs against Ali. Yeah. Mm, But if he lip syncs against Ali, though, then Ali's been in the bottom like four times now. Hmm. I think maybe maybe Miz then. Yeah. Yeah, I think he. Li- I think Miz is probably not a great. He just isn't able to connect with the video. Yeah. Like Miz is Miz is good, but everybody else is great. Yes. And they end up being impressed by like you really showed up, Bali. Like you know you had your ups and downs, but like you come out so strong and are so proud to see where you've come. Like, I think Ali the, gets the by... The crystal method. Exactly. Ali gets by on maybe not being perfect and great all the time, but you see how Ali started the season in one place and has really grown, whereas, like, The Miz and Big E have stayed the same. Yeah. But I end up... I think that The Miz ends up just being a little bit more polished, and also they want to give Big E miscongeniality. Yeah. No, that's fair. So I guess finale format, as the usual top four finale format goes, it's your it's your lip sync semifinals and then your lip sync final. Yep. 
And I think that even though, as we know, it's totally random, I think somehow we end up with Miz versus Sonny Kiss and Ali versus Maverick. Yes. So that they can get rid of of fucking Miz and Ali. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, no, they get rid of Miz and Ali. Because the finals being Sonny Kiss and Drake Maverick just makes too much sense. Yeah, they've consistently been your tops. Mm-hmm. This is actually a, a much tougher finale than I was thinking of. Yeah. And also not involving two people that I expected. Me neither. Like, I actually am fucking amazed that this is who we ended up with. Like, it, it makes total sense out. to me. Like, the way that we've explained it, our logic is fucking sound and smart. It's just, huh. Yeah. This is not where I expected this to be going. Yeah, like, I totally would have thought Kenny would have done better. Yeah, same. And but, like, we logiced it out. I never expected Miz to go this far, but I guess Miz is just your ultimate never in the top, never in the bottom, but just scrapes by. Yeah. Miz is the ultimate just, just hey, just like in WWE, Miz is the ultimate safe option. Yeah. Damn. And honestly, I think that this has to be Sunny Kiss. Yes. Like, as obvious as it would be for it to be Sunny Kiss on this show of all shows, I mean, let's just be honest here. The comedy queen never wins. The problem is, though, they're both the comedy queen. But Sunny Kiss has way more looks. So the, I'm actually going to... The only reason I'm saying Drake might win this is because they might look at Drake and be like, well, he had such a journey. And, you know, if you take in how much he improved, whereas Sunny Kiss was always... Drake winning is almost the better story for Drag Race. It is, but I could also see it being like, it's the better story for Drag Race, but who's the better person for... RuPaul making money. Yeah, no, Sunny Kiss totally winds up on Drag Race Live. Yeah. Yeah. Drake winds up on All Stars. Yes, definitely. Like, he's the perfect comeback for comeback for All Stars because we really love the fact that you're game for literally whatever. Yes, definitely. Damn. Yeah. We just made a fucking season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, and it totally checks out. I actually want to fucking watch this season. It can't be worse than what they've been putting out. It sure can't, Oscar. I mean, yeah, thinking about it, yeah, I, I bet you Otis comes back for an All-Stars. because the Or Otis comes back next year as like a... We want to we want to give you a better shake because we there was a lot about you that we liked, but you know he just couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Damn, but we did it though, Oscar. Yeah, and we hope that y'all out there enjoyed what we've done. This was, I'm very proud of the work we've done here. <laughs> we've done some as as certain people would say, this is such good shit, pal. <laughs> So yeah, uh, that's it for Ruthless Aggression. We'll be back, I don't fucking know, the 
this website's taking a break, and then, you know, also Drag Race isn't going to be around for a little bit. God. Who the hell knows when they can even do season 13? Are they even doing season 13? It's called Canada's Drag Race. Alright. You tell me if Canada's Drag Race is something I need to watch. I know I have to watch Drag Race UK, so maybe we could talk about that, too. Yeah, watch Drag Race UK. I'm... I probably will not watch Canada's Drag Race until, like, six months later, because I'm just so fucking burned out on RuPaul right now. Yeah, fair! I now remember as well why I don't watch All-Stars, which is, God, this happens so quickly after the season ends. Yeah, like, 12 literally just ended, then you went right into All-Stars. It's too fucking much! And you were doing that secret celebrity bullshit! I gave up on secret celebrity at... Although there's a part of me that was thinking, I do like Haley. I do like Haley Kiyoko. My partner, when I watched when we watched it, she was very excited to see Haley Kiyoko, but was also like, "Yeah, we could turn this off." Yeah, I mean, look, they had her play. She played Velma in a live action Scooby Doo movie, and that might be perfect casting. It's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. This yeah. is the end of, of Ruthless Aggression. Yeah. Um, I'd say y'all come back now you're here, but I don't know if there's anything to come back to. I mean, yeah. Like, here's the thing. Who knows when we'll do the next one, because who knows when there will be more Drag Race and when we'll actually care about Drag Race. But, mm-hmm. you know, drag is cool. If there's ever, like, drag stuff that we could watch again, I'd, yeah. I'd like to talk about this stuff. If if Dragula would come back, that'd be cool. I forgot about Dragula. Everybody forgets about Dragula. If they bring it back, license the song. Yeah, duh. But, of course, the problem is that, like, how can you do shows based around performances and having people in the same room at the same time when coronavirus is going on? That is very true. So, regardless, though, if there is anything that ever happens to drag again, we'll be here to talk about it. <laughs> as well as other things. At this website we do, prowrestling.cool. It's not just cool. It's dot cool. And it's on hiatus. <laughs> oh. Look, wrestling sucks right now, and we don't want to promise that we're going to be making weird casual Friday contents because then you'll expect it. I mean, I guess what I should say is wrestling isn't just cool. It's not cool. Damn. He got him. But Oscar, until the next time we see y'all, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. All right. Let the music play. Iranian. 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 Iranian, Iran number one. Iranian, 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 intelligent Jew. This podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows.